You are listening to the Savage Fincast, episode 71. I'm pretty sure buffaloes are retractable. Chicago. A criminal mastermind called Overlord held our city in his terrifying grip. Ordinary cops were losing the battle against Overlord's super freaks and mutants. Then, a miracle happened. When I found him, he had no memory of his past. I helped him find an identity and a life. Now we have a fighting chance. Now we have the dragon. This is the Savage Fincast, the show that sticks to you like sweat in summer. My name is Jim Purcell. I'm Craig Olson. I'm Raven Perez. Welcome back for a slightly tardy episode of the Savage Fincast, where we hope to review episode, uh, issue uh, 235 of the Savage Dragon. Um... <laughs> Brain Nothing fart. Beats. Nothing beats Buffalo Stew. <laughs> That's how I read Yep. We got that to talk about. We got uh, we got some news items to talk about. Uh, not some breezy news, honestly. It's not super detailed. Um, we got a few interesting. We got a few interesting conversation emails. Uh, other than that, you know, it's going to be a fairly standard episode. So strap in, strap on, hold on, strap on. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's that slim and trim summer loving edition. Let's get it going, business. Won't you take it away with news item A? Oh, say, okay, we got actually we got a plethora of covers since last episode that we recorded. Uh, Mm. It's pretty crazy, actually. So we got covers for two thirty nine and two forty. They kind of are a duo because uh, they're introducing the all new, all different Canadian Freak Force. Uh, uh, cover of uh, 239 depicts pretty much all the members of Freak Force. You know, you got your you got your Super Patriot, you got your Mighty Man, you got your... Uh, I think she's... What is she now? Electro Girl? Lightning Lad. Lightning, Lightning Girl. Lady, Lightning. Lightning Girl, yeah. <laughs> Lightning Lad. With the but fun. it's also got Malcolm and Maxine and all four of their kids. So that's mm-hmm. cool. And then, yeah. uh, and then 240 is basically all the same characters... In a big fist fight with the demon lords, or the demonoids, yeah. I yeah. forget which one they are. Oids. So you I, get... I thought we saw the end of those guys, and now they're back in Canada, I guess. Yep. Picked the wrong country to invade this time, but it's kind of <laughs> cool. Both covers, kind of, you know, depicting the same team, kind of suggests it's going to be a big double double issue slobber knocker. So that's exciting. If nothing else, back to back freak force, mm-hmm. and I mean, shit, I'm down with that. Uh, I guess I'll take away with news item B. We saw uh, another cover, but this one warrants just the teensiest, tiniest bit more discussion. Yeah. It, it, it happens to star, I think, a character that we were all hotly anticipating. Most important character of our generation. That's right. Motherfucking Captain Tootsie in the house. And, of course, the homage of this cover, it is uh, after Herb Shrimp Hulk 141, which eagle-eyed 
viewers noticed is hidden in the cracks at Malcolm's feet. Uh, that That's an important issue because that's first appearance of Doc Samson, correct? It is. Doc Samson, uh, Eric noticed, uh, read an interview where uh, Herb was saying that Doc Samson was inspired by Captain Tootsie. Uh, his look, his look at the very least. The red shirt with the yellow symbol with the, you know. Black pants. Regular clothes man. Yeah. And so, fucking, uh, you know, uh, there, here we go. So we got it. And uh, so just a little bit of scooparoo, things I've gleaned. So, Raven, what the fuck is a Captain Tootsie? So, Captain Tootsie. All right, time to educate you guys. Let me take you to church. Captain Tootsie is the mascot the superhero mascot of Tootsie Roll Candies. And uh, he is a science-type adventure hero pulp. Like, think you're Tom Strong, you know, Doc Samson types, where he's just like a, a strong man science guy. Like, he's a smart, like, adventurer, but also, like, he'll punch you in the damn mouth. But he also represents the interests of Tootsie Rolls. <laughs> that that he did. He, uh, he hawked candy... He's a public domain character. Yeah, Tootsie Roll does not give a shit about this guy. Yeah, he's not had any outings a long time. He did actually have two issues that are... uh, Eric loves that public domain website where you can read free comics from old public domain things. So I actually flipped through two issues of uh, fucking Captain Tootsie. And uh, he basically just... The motherfucker did everything. He was like, you know, going around the Amazon and into deep space and just like, you know, punching out people. Like, he was just really, really like that kind of guy, right? What a hero. Yeah. And uh, what's funny is not a mention one of the candy in those issues. Really? Yeah. So that's what's weird is that like he's a he's a Tootsie Roll mascot, but he's super duper broke off. It'd be like if there was a Bazooka Joe comic and he didn't say shit about Bubblegum. <laughs> like, like, didn't even blow a bubble. You know what I mean? So what's so interesting that, is this is not the first time we've seen Captain Tootsie in the pages of Savage Dragon. I believe he appeared when the Solar Man stuff shook out. All those Golden correct. Age heroes. Yeah. He, that's it. Eric confirmed that he was among those dudes. Ah, so he's been roaming around. <laughs> well, my work, a... who wants to hear my working theory? Let's hear it. He's been brainwashed by the U.S. government. To hunt no down rogue alien menaces. I'm so uh, glad you said that because that's the implication going on. You got to think. Here's a guy. All those Golden Age dudes were, it was implied, were part of the SOS. Yes. And so for Captain Tootsie to be like trying to stick it to Malcolm, that implies that a member of the SOS is fighting Malcolm. So in Canada, in America, what the fuck ever you want to think. So that right there has cool story implications just right there. Yeah, I know this cover is like uh, an homage to Trimp, but I love the poses. I love the way Malcolm looks on this cover. It is probably my favorite Savage Dragon cover of all time. Really? Well, it's up there. It's real strong. interesting. I took took one look at it and I said, hmm, interesting. This is a good cover. It is a good cover. It is... Yeah, a great cover. And, hard, think, and it's hard to say how much. I mean, is obviously Eric's Eric's talent comes through, but it, how, how much is that to Herb Treme's uh, talent? What's the original cover? Oh, it basically the, uh, looks Hulk one forty one. Hulk one forty one. 
Yeah, Google it. You'll it's, you'll know when you see it. Like the word balloons, like the emphasis, like Fern Delgado emphasized the words exactly as they were on the original cover. Like, it's it's. Uh, I see, but you know what? Like Eric really made it his own. It's not like the characters are the same size really at all. It's just the pose is kind of similar. I don't know. It's not like he just like kind of. You know what I mean? I guess maybe Doc Samson's a little bit similar, but it doesn't. I mean, the pose looks similar, but Eric definitely made it his own. I love it though. I I, it's, it. it's even though it's an homage cover, which I know I don't know why people like would think less of an homage cover. I think it's fucking awesome. <laughs> I just think it's a good cover. Well, and it's, I, it's only the second homage cover ever. And the first one was after him too, wasn't it? Yep, I believe so. Like that was the one where, you know, Malcolm's getting smashed out the back. Yep. And the kids are on the steps reading the comic. Yep, I think that's, yes, I think that's it. Yeah. I really it's, enjoy it. It's good shit. In Captain Tootsie, doesn't he have kind of a, like a cooler costume than he really has any business having? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the T could stand for anything. Yeah. But he's called Tough Captain titties. Tootsie. Test tossed around. Tough titties. <laughs> Turds. Twinkie man. <laughs> All right. We also got uh, some updated news of Savage Dragon 236, which will be out within the month, I think. Um, basically, its cover got updated with some new text uh, that's very evocative of classic Calvin and Hobbes. Mm-hmm. I actually forget what the text is, and I don't have it right in front of me. Uh, but it's it's very Calvin and Hobbes lettering, which is very cool. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But we also got some interiors, and the reason that Calvin and Hobbes lettering is there is that Eric is doing this thing where every other double-page spread, I think he broke it down that way, is like a two-page Sunday morning comic strip. And it's specifically about the Dragon Kids. The Little Dragons! Yeah, the Little Dragons. <laughs> And that's the name of the that's the name of the quote unquote comic strip, uh, in, in the comic. And then I believe every other two pages is basically regular comics, starring Malcolm and Maxine doing their thing. Probably boning mostly. Yeah, definitely. What else would you expect? Boning. <laughs> so that's I cool. Think significant though, because through these sneak previews, we kind of got a little glimpse into the future. Boning. Oh right, yes. The big the big thing is that uh the name of their newest child has been reviled. Revealed. Reviled. <laughs> Do you not like it? <laughs> I uh, actually I love it, but uh I, what it, it, it's a um, it's Maddie, right? Sharp for Madeline. Oh, Maddie Dragon. F- future star of the book, I'm sure. Maddie Mad, and Amy. Mad Dragon. Mad Dragon. Craig, yes. That's it, dude. Craig, you nailed it. That's good. Mad Dragon. I like all the Dragon Kids' names. Like Jack, Jack Dragon, Mad Dragon, Amy Dragon. Even Tyrone's good. Doesn't really have that kind of like, but it's still good. <laughs> that what? You know what I meant. That, that, that I know fa- what you meant. I that just want to hear you do it again. <laughs> dragon. <laughs> so good. Yeah, man. So should we move on to the next bit of news? Took it away. Yep. 
old friend of the podcast, Michelle Fife, has got as most everyone that collects Dragon probably knows, or maybe you don't. He's doing a few issues of uh, Liefeld's Bloodstrike comic, where he's kind of continuing where Liefeld left off years ago, and it's really a great kind of uh, love letter to the old, you know, Image Extreme comics. Uh, but uh, the reason why we bring it up in the news is because it's such a throwback to the old Image Comics. He's incorporated a lot of the original stuff, like the Covenant of the Sword, which back in the day, fans may remember, they kind of showed up in a lot of other different titles more than just Dragon. Primar- primarily Super Patriot-related ones. Yeah, it was a way to try to connect all the universes. So, you know, they would show up, I think, in, like, Cyber Force and... You know, blood strike as like a bunch of like weird, you know, underground funding kind of evil scientists, like a high tech cult. Yeah, yeah, and they were pretty damn cool. And I think their original look was uh, created by Dave Johnson when he did the original Super Patriot miniseries, and then Eric kind of just took his designs for the regular Dragon Book and all the other crossovers. But yeah, so they show up in a couple of panels. Um, Blood Strike's really cool. It's kind of like a bunch of uh, uh, I don't know. It's, it's kind of like a, it's it's kind of a like su- a Doom Patrol. In yeah, a way, right? it's like a Suicide Squad. I, I mean, a Suicide Squad. They're 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 they're, yeah. they're cyberized. So basically, once they get killed, they can be resurrected. Yeah, and they get they get killed brutally. So like all the time. Yeah. They, <laughs> get like cut in half and shit and they're i don't know if they're cloned or what but i think they just get patched back together with cybernetics yeah yeah and i think that, that makes them also dependent on the government to stay alive so that's kind of like their whole deal i've never yeah. i've never read this comic before and uh i did pick up issue zero and i thought it was pretty good even though deadlock is the worst character ever created by man <laughs> He's got. If you pick up two, they go into his story more, and it's and it makes him a cooler character. Like yeah. he's falling apart and stuff like that, just by whatever serum they use to bring him back to life. But uh, it's good shit. If if you guys uh, read Copra at all, it's kind of like a mix between that and you know what a, an extreme comic would be. Right. And the coolest thing about this is like even the inside cover. Raven, did you have you flipped through this at all? I, I bought it, and I yeah. just haven't had a chance to read it. It is in the read pile. It's great. I mean, the inside cover basically copies like what the inside covers look like in the early 90s. Awesome. They did, uh, I think, issue issue one or zero, whatever, even has like at the back as extreme scene profile, where it's like artist profile, and he did yes. his own profile. Yes. And then he had like Benjamin Mara and like a bunch of other artists uh, – do Ed Piscor do like fake house ads, which yep. are freaking amazing. And then also there's like a fake extreme checklist and uh, a letters page, which it's just good stuff. It like totally is a love letter to the early image comics and, and it replicates what they used to look like. And what got me going, like thinking about this is kind of like when I started getting image comics, do you guys remember, um, Alan Moore's 1963 comic, which was like a throwback to like the 60 Marvel comics. They did. I do. Yeah, they did like a uh, a knockoff with Thor, and it was like an Egyptian god instead of uh, a Norwegian god. Uh, but they they replicated like the 63 comics with like the house ads and stuff like that, like 
perfectly in the style. And I was thinking like that 63 was only like 30 years later. And, you know, from when that comic came out in 93 right. and this blood strike comic is like, what, like 25 years later. It's, <laughs> yeah, not, <dude. laughs> it's really creepy. Like in a way, like, like, am I that old? Like, you know what yes. I mean? I thought 60s comics were like, oh my God, this is ancient. Yeah. And now this throwback is almost as old as comics I was reading. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, dude. It's mind blowing. And it's, it's just, it's a shocker, but it, it's really, really good. I can't recommend it enough. So I hope you enjoyed that because when I get to read it, you're going to get another dose of that. Like I, can already, <laughs> like I can already tell what's sad is that like I was super hype on this. And then because I only pretty much make it out to the store when Savage Dragon comes out, because it's like kind of not so convenient to go out to where my shop is. Um, I think I've like got two issues. There's only two issues out right now, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. I got both issues. They're just sit. They were sitting in my long box I mean, in my pool box. And so I went and picked up my comics like, you know, last week. And so yeah. I just have it. I haven't had it. Like, I've literally, like, even though like they've been out a while, I've only had a few days and I've just had packed days. But, like, I'll be reading them. By the time we do an X-Fincast, I promise I will have read those for sure. And so you guys are going to get, like, another dose of, like, oh, my God, you have to read yeah, Bloodstrike. Yeah, yeah. You're going to fucking die if you don't. And I will say, I love the main story, but what made it over the top is how he added all the house ads and the backup stories and the profile, and it's the whole package. Um, and the other thing, I don't know if you got, did you guys get the second issue? Maybe not. The There's a cover that Liefeld did of the pouch. Oh, right. You guys see that? Yep. He didn't, I didn't get to score the pouch variant, but I love the pouch, dude. Yeah. There's even like a, a small, uh, uh, two page comic about it. Yes. It's hilarious. It's so good. Yes. It's so good. I am so excited now. Dude, I love the pouch is fucking awesome. <laughs> and he he's got to give it to Liefeld that he can make fun of himself. You know what I mean? It's his little dog in the comic. Like his little bag dog? I don't think so. I don't know. Oh, dude, he's got a, he's got a sidekick, like a little bag dog. It has a name too. I forget. Yeah, it's no, pouch it's and something. It's not in the comic. But the comic is great. <laughs> I'm looking oh. at it now and I'm laughing. I can't. All right. Wait. Anyway, sorry. Wait. But... No, that's good, dude. That's good. And I good think stuff. it's, I think it's relevant. I too. <laughs> Anything that dragon fans would like, like I figured they would like that. Uh, absolutely. I mean, like I said, Covenant's in it, and uh, anyone that loved early Savage Dragon and was in on the ride then will appreciate I mean, the love letter. We're doing a little bit of like a Ninja Turtles thing here in this very fincast, and again, it's just because like these projects, like uh, Larson is entangled and entwined with so many creators. Yep. That, that like you get those vibes like when you some of those like guys like almost in my mind are like inseparable like when i was reading turtles i don't want to jump ahead to my turtles experience but like i just felt like i was reading a dragon comic you know you're talking about the and you're talking about the urban legends that just came out with the reprints of the image yeah for the listeners that oh yeah yeah sorry listeners yeah urban the reprints like for me we'll save it we'll save that we're still in news. We'll save that. Talk. Well, real, real quick, I actually have some uh, Frank Fosco news I forgot about. Oh, shit. Drop it on us. Apparently, he, he, Frank Fosco, and uh, writer Chuck Dixon have a new comic they're working on together called what? Avalon. 
What? Oh, cool. Yeah, apparently the first issue is digital only through Amazon Kindle. Uh, came out I think a week ago. I have not oh, read. It's already I, out. I have not read it. Uh, if you go to Frank Fosco's uh, Facebook page, you can find a link to it. Cool, but it's uh, just kind of a neat little, you know, neat little thing I didn't expect. It's neat to have uh, Frank making more comics. Yes, I was worried we wouldn't get any like new stuff from him for like two years until Urban Legends got to the new stuff. And can I just personally say? that um i know that print is a huge risk and a burden for like so many people and i love to see like people that don't traditionally go digital whether it's web comics or you know digital download or whatever yep i love to see that just so they can mitigate that risk get it out there because i would rather that your comic exists digitally than not at all any day of the week any day of the week I've always kind of liked Chuck Dixon's writing. He wrote a bunch of books I enjoyed in the early 2000s. Um, so I might give this a look. Uh, it's only on Kindle. It's not on Comixology. It's actually a bit strange that it's not, but uh, I guess that's just the way it is. So you need a Kindle to read it? Is that how we it need, works? Well, you need a... It's comic books, so you probably need a Kindle, the Kindle app on, like, an iPad. You can also read it in the browser uh, if you if you buy it through the, through the Amazon website. Cool. Last news item. It's not even news, really, so you're getting off easy, folks. It's just more of a sort of like what we kind of think, but like based off of what was has being said, but just a tiny upgrade for any con goers who are looking to get out there, have a little meet and greet FaceTime, you know, talk with Eric. He was previously saying he wasn't going to really do any cons this year. He said that he thought that New York City Comic Con was probably going to be his only con this year. So, if you were like kind of like bummed out because you weren't going to get any convention presents this year, if you're you know near New York, that's your shot. So, apparently, he's doing it just so he can stay ahead on the book. Yeah, yeah. Just for scheduling reasons, mm-hmm. it works out better for him. The He's tweet going- string. I was gonna say the tweet string I saw said that he kind of just did too many cons last year, and so he's just looking to like maybe, you know, scale it down for a year and then get back at it. So, I can appreciate that. Certainly. Glad I. When is sp- when's the New York Comic Con? Ooh, would have well, been. Sa- well, really- San, Di- San Diego's this week, so probably months from now. Yeah. I was, it's a summer con, isn't it? Oh, we listeners, I'm sorry. We, we dropped that ball. <laughs> Hold on, I got it. Uh-oh, ball recovered. Uh, it was a vacuum-like recovery. Wait a minute, that's the inauguration date. Uh, it's dropped again. What the hell is this fucking splash page? <laughs> Jesus, all right, 79 days from now. It doesn't tell me the date. <laughs> October 4th. There's a count... There's a countdown <laughs> clock. Okay. <laughs> the party starts. 79 days, 10 hours and 46 minutes and 45 seconds from now. Knowing that when the listeners listen to this, it will like that will not be accurate at all. <laughs> 43 days. <laughs> so, uh... so, yeah, if you want to brave the crowds and uh, suffocation, you can see Eric at New York Comic Con. He's a jovial fellow. It's a good time. Get mm-hmm. out there. 
Make it worth his while, folks. Don't choke like I did. <laughs> what do you mean, choke? I met him, and honestly, I didn't. I don't think I made much of an impact. I, I, didn't you, like, fart twice and run away? No, but I did run away. I didn't want to waste his time. I didn't want to be a burden. You're like, excuse me, I fart when I get nervous. <laughs> I thought standing over him watching him draw for hours would be rude. As much no, as I wanted to. I, dude, I totally did. Like, what was funny is that, like, I let the line go on, and then I, like, stood off, like, way to the side to where I could still see, and I was like, oh, that's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> yep. Like, just, Raven just, just stared like, at him lovingly the whole time for, like, two hours. <laughs> he just crouched down with his eyes peeking over the edge of the table. So cool. Chin resting on his hands. <laughs> on the tops of his hands. It's getting, it's getting creepy. Winking. One of those. <laughs> I knew that was what you were going for. I, I had you painted the mental picture. Good. <laughs> All right. So, does that wrap up our uh, news segment? Our news segment is wrapped. That's all we... the news there is, folks. So, uh, shall we jump into our interesting conversations bit? I like it. All right. Well, Finteresting Conversations is kind of our little bit that we've been doing for a few years now where either we come up with the questions that we like to discuss and then we like to hear your input on. And uh, we also like to get questions from you, the listener. And as I always say, you can write us at savagefincast at gmail.com with answers to any of our kind of conversations or you can give us supplies of your own question. So last episode, we asked uh, which errors of Savage Dragon, E-R-A-S, errors, could have been shorter or longer. So what what parts of, you know, uh, the comic did you like and wish, you know, Eric either extended or which do you wish he kind of shortened up a bit? And... Uh, then uh, we got someone that wrote in to answer to that and to one of our previous FinCast questions, which was, how do you feel about Savage Dragon right now? So if you guys want to go ahead and read those letters. Yeah, take it away. Here we go. Ready, listeners? I'm about to transport you into the minds of Tony M. Minds. Tony M. Both lobes. Get ready. <laughs> minds. Lock and lobe. He's, he's of two minds on this subject, that's all. What up, Savage Finn casters? Here's my reply for the last couple episodes' questions. Hopefully I get this to you before you record your latest episode, unlike last time. The era that I feel could have been shorter was the family era, where the story kind of slowed quite a bit and didn't seem to be a lot of subplots on the boil. An era that I felt was just about right in terms of length was a Dragon War and Emperor Dragon arc, which, for me, was the best storyline in the entire series so far. I remember for a solid year that storyline was like watching Star Wars, the first trilogy. Props to the best trilogy, Tony. That's Mm. a little editor's note. (laughs) (laughs) If it was broken up into 12 parts and had gone on for a solid 12 to 16 issues, heck, even 24 would have been all right. The Back in Blue arc never really got started. (laughs) That's true. 
Although that one is kind of a red herring. But I would have been cool with seeing Dragon back as a cop for a handful of issues. The most recent multiple issue storyline, The Merging of Multiple Earths, could have been a six-parter to add a bit more detail and character development, but it still worked very well as a three-parter. I've gone on longer than I thought, but there's one more. <laughs> the William Johnson Dragon merging storyline, when the comic became Savage, She-Dragon was extremely enjoyable and could have gone on for four to six more issues, and I wouldn't complain. A quick reply, if you guys want to include it in episode 69's question, I'm pretty stoked for the series as a whole. I'm looking forward to the formation of Team Canada that seems to be on the horizon. Us too. I'd like to see some new Dragon merchandise. Maybe you guys will bring in an episodic prize, as you mentioned a while back. That's true. Maybe a t-shirt. <laughs> what, uh, what coincidence. Maybe a t-shirt or mug. The ultimate would be a new Randy Bowen statue of Super Patriot or Malcolm or even Glum in a super suit. Oh, fuck, I don't think we can swing a prize that nice. Dude, a... I'm going to make a dragon statue out of Play-Doh. <laughs> Craig, if you make it, I will cast it and make it a prize. <laughs> I'm not even playing. I will totally make that a prize. We'll see. All right, listeners, you heard. You heard it here first. Breaking news. <laughs> we, we interrupt. This letter, this interesting conversation in progress to bring you a surprise last news item of a potential legendary prize. Just saying, if it happens, it will be amazing. It may get damaged in shipping. <laughs> or look as if it had been damaged. <laughs> I don't know. It looked exactly like Malcolm by the time you got it. It was just like a little <laughs> circle-y blob. P.S. <laughs> I wrote. I just said circle-y blob, sorry. I wrote in a couple episodes ago with my idea for a future issue. That didn't make the FinCast. What gives? Was it that crappy? <laughs> that was how I read LOL. I laughed out loud. <laughs> I thought you guys would appreciate that touch. That's pretty nice. Yeah, it was good. I like that. P.S. Have any of you been following the World Cup? No. Thanks. Kinda. And keep up the good work. Tony M. I haven't. I'm not a football fan. So. I, I work somewhere where all it was was on television the entire time. So I basically got invested because of that. Who were you following? Eh, anyone. No one, anyone. <laughs> I mean, I always root for the underdog team, so, you know. I rooted for England for a while, but then they lost. And then I rooted for France, and they won. So that's how that went. I was going to say, that was the big, wasn't that the big, like, it was trending and everything? It was like, oh, viva la France. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Is that how it was? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, it, we it. England got pretty far uh, comparatively to the, how they usually do, so that Didn't was kind Mexico of a big Mexico do something amazing, too? Uh, everyone who got to, like, the semifinals was, like, defying expectations. <laughs> At least that's the impression that I got. Okay. Because, like I said, I don't follow it very closely. Yeah, I got no stake in the World Cup. Yeah, I just, what's bad is that, like, I watch the Super Bowl. Right. And I will, like, super duper love a, any, almost any sporting event that I'm actually physically at. Uh huh. But, but when it comes to, like, watching a sport, um, I only liked 
like boxing in its heyday and then like early ufc fights where it was like uh blood sport uh-huh those were awesome but past that i just can't get into it i only watch professional wrestling hey god bless you god love your heart because <laughs> that shit is still great it can be yeah, last night's extreme rules not so much not worth the nine ninety nine. I paid to watch it. Was that televised? Wait, what was that? Was that televised? No, it was that on was the. A... It's on WWE Network. Ah, I mean, it was. They filmed that. They filmed that here, you know. Oh yeah, it was in Pittsburgh. That's right. I forgot. You yeah. didn't. You didn't miss much. It wasn't a great show. Let's just say uh, I don't like to tip my hand as to where I work, but I may or may not have uh, handled two uh, steel chairs. Really. Yeah, so that's weird. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Wait, that's wait, how I... what, is, what does that even mean? Uh, just say that uh, sometimes I get things in my possession that are wrestling related, and you know they uh, hit each other with steel chairs and whatnot. Sometimes, yeah. yes. They had and some it... like Extreme Rules branded steel chairs. Oh, yeah, fascinating. Oh, and you, you have possession of them. Eh, yeah, we'll leave it. We'll leave he it he doesn't want to talk about his job. Well, no, it's uh, I, I one of those jobs that doesn't like you to talk about it. So really, <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, you don't. You guys don't follow like any mainstream sports. It's a good way to get jumped. Nah, nah. Sports, sports are sports are for nerds. <laughs> What's weird isn't isn't that the way it feels these days? I don't no. know fucking anybody who gives a shit about sports. You know anymore. me. I like sports. He doesn't but, care. Like, who knows? Don't you feel like overall? It's not like it's gone. I'm not saying that at all. Nah, I think like, all the dudes at my work like sports. I'm just saying, I feel like it's on the decline, though. Well, I think you guys just hang out with non I also like work somewhere people. where everyone won't shut up about sports, so. All right, never mind. Sports are the bomb, sorry. <laughs> Maybe they're not big in Pittsburgh, because. No, dude, they're oh, big here. Huge. They're fucking, it's all anybody yeah. talks about. Like, yeah. we're the city of champions. Like, hockey, baseball, football. But the funny thing is. Baseball, get out of here. They love it, dude. When the pirates are doing good, it's as if they when never the pirates, do that. Because the pirates only do good like once every like twenty years. That the pirates have been awful for so long. That doesn't stop them from selling merch. They've had some good years recently, but it's yeah, yeah, like the Raven years. Like when I moved here, they started performing. When I was in the stands dancing Homer, I am the pirates' own dancing Homer. I brought the luck. <laughs> That's a Simpsons reference. That was a deep cut Simpsons reference. I, I remember that. All right, just bringing it home. I'm <laughs> just saying, like versus uh, Shelbyville. Yeah, dude. Topes lose. Topes lose. Topes <laughs> lose. All right, let's move on. We got another letter, right? That's a quote. No one gets, dude. Topes lose. Topes. the topes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Uh, he hit us up again. Jim, I think your dulcet tones would be best for this one. All right. So, yeah, Tony, we uh, I think we got your letter after we recorded. So this one's for you, buddy. Double hitter. What's up, Savage Bros? Here's my idea for a future Savage Dragon issue cover and solicitation. Savage Dragon issue 389, Underlord Rising. The Dragon Dynasty faces off its greatest threat when the Underlord, ruler of the Vicious Sphere puts his tyrannical plans into motion. Aware of the growing threat, the government of the United States of Canada, recovering from the effects of global cooling brought about by the Third Glum War, contacts Amy Dragon in the hopes that she can help 
them find her father, the exiled patriarch Malcolm Dragon, navigating the vast bioelectric farming communities of tropical Nuavut. 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 Nu- <laughs> I wouldn't have known either. Nunavut. Amy is met with the octopi, emissaries of the Underlord, another spellbinding yarn. Cover shows Amy Dragon on a hoverboat armed with a bow staff being attacked by four octopus-themed villains, one of which is the grandson of Octopus. Keep doing what you're doing. Great work, Tony M. That's eh, not bad. That dude's got some one. imagination. Eh. That's a good one, dude. What do you mean, eh? I, no, I mean, yes. <laughs> I, I like Dragon Dynasty. Isn't that good? Dragon eh. Dynasty's got a good ring to it. I'll give him that. Global like... cooling, man. Might have to steal that. Sci-fi elements to this story. I dig it. United States of Canada. Bioelectric farming communities. Nunavut. 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 Tropical Nunavut. I don't know what it is. N-U-N, for the listeners, N-U-N-A-V-U-T. You decide. Hashtag Nunavut or Nunavut. I ain't having none of it. <laughs> That's what I think. None of it. It's good, dude. I like it. Listen, Tony. Very Grant Morrison-esque. I like that. I think what's funny is that, like, uh, if you look at, like, what Grant Morrison was super-duper known for, it was pretty much just pushing ideas further on down the road. And uh, that's what you've done here, and I like it. So, uh, meat and potatoes. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know about you, but I'm hungry for steak. That was a very uh, Netflix and chill kind of way to introduce that segment. (laughs) So, uh, meat and potatoes. <laughs> Your nipples get hard. It's too hot for that. <laughs> I need a little bit uh, more ice pack for that. So, oh. Buffalo Stew 235 of Savage Dragon. Fantastic. I, you know, can I say something? I love getting... As much as I do love advanced uh, dragon reviews, I also like having the issue because I kind of miss uh, the Josh Icorn, like getting to say that and laugh about it. <laughs> Why? What's Tempted this? What, by what, the fruit. <laughs> what's this month? Tempted by the fruit of another. <laughs> That's him. Uh, they don't have that on the digital one. There, uh... we never have it on our previews. Yeah. Spoiler, uh, spoiler, secret behind the back, you know, backdoor business. We never have the little interior, so we never know what Josh is when we record. Well, that's not true because sometimes we have the issue before we record. Sometimes. So, do we ever figure out if Maxine was always in this in this image, or, or if she was edited in after the events of last? <laughs> no, issue? she always was. She always was, dude. It was our uh, Mandela effect. Eric talks about it in the letter pages. Uh, something else yes, I don't sir. have. Yeah. Uh, he, on the last letter, he says, covers are frequently drawn months before I work on the actual issue, and because of that, things don't necessarily come together as planned. There was a... Oh, no, wait. No, you're on the right one. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. He, he says... He basically says that uh, he thought that sometimes covers were misleading, so he figured that it would be okay. Makes sense. And if, if she had died, he could have just, like, put white out over a big X. <laughs> no, that was about the shaving, though. There was another 
I don't know. It prob- just put a- it's probably the same situation. Or Jim, he could just put a halo above her head. <laughs> should she? He should have removed her hair. Yeah, yeah, that would. Yeah, dude, that totally would have. Nobody would have known. So, so, so this cover's pretty good. It's got good energy, good action. Mm. Oh Bu- yeah, dude. Buffalo Stew's a fun design. Mm-hmm. You know, Eric doesn't draw animals very often. At least I wouldn't. I don't recall. Shark. That's true. He does do Mako. <laughs> Mako is shark. Is is Stu the new Mako? No. Shark and a chicken. Yeah, but he doesn't really know, look man. like a chicken. I know. <laughs> yeah, Stu is great, and uh, if he was the new Mako, that'd be okay with me. I really dig his shtick. Like that thing he says about the Great Plains. It's so good. Yeah, that it's weird. We can get when we get to it. I got more to talk about that. Okay, cool. I love this. Uh, I'll say this. I love this double page spread. Freak Force just looking awesome. Just great having Freak Force around. And Daredevil. Yeah, I guess yeah. Daredevil's in Freak Force now. Yeah, dude. Isn't that cool? I like um, how in this issue, Marsha Bradley actually gets called Lightning Girl. Is that the first time? I think so. It feels like it. Probably Gavin's out there wincing. Also, where does she put her cell phone? Boobs. Mm. Boot or boobs? Oh yeah, dude. Look at this low collar. Just slip that bad boy down in there. I mean, she could put her in her boots too. It's bo- the boobs. Bo- bo- boot holster. Boob holster. Wait, who calls Team. her lightning girl? It must not be on this page. It's not on this page. It's towards the end. Hashtag Team Boots. Hashtag Team Boobs. N- New Dart is so short. She's so small. Yeah. Is she really? She lo- she looks a lot shorter than Daredevil here. Yeah. She's younger, so that makes sense. I'm really weirded out by the fact that there's two darts. Yeah. <laughs> that look identical. You know, in evi- well, one of them looks like a big shark now. Yeah. It's I think it's funny how he like like you would think that he should would have given her like red hair or brown hair or something to just to make it like a little different. But third am- dart that looks exactly the same. I'm telling you, I'm calling it. That shit is gonna be trouble later. Oh yeah, it's it's gotta be, dude. It's gotta be troublesome later down the road. Those two looking completely identical. There's no way in fuck that can't come up and be problematic you, later. You think we're gonna get a dart versus dart issue? Inevitably, dart versus dart, or think about even the story potential. Dart for versus like... shark. <laughs> Confusion of identity. Have, he's gonna have to maim one in some way so he can tell the difference. Well, the, the one that doesn't turn into a big shark lady, I mean, that's... Uh, also, she's probably taller, because she's older. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, it'll be more obvious. If uh, That's assuming shark or new dart stay around. Or don't get killed, or whatever. Yeah. I always get nervous when the team reassembles like this. Mm-hmm. Cause Eric, you should. Because you know Eric doesn't like repeating himself. Mm-hmm. Although, to be you fair, did. half of this team is new. Are mostly new, because uh, yeah, Dart and Lightning Girl and Mighty Man are all new people. New new people. And if Daredevil joins, he's kind of new to the team as well. I don't know where the kids are. They're because uh, Ricochet and Barbaric got kids, and like, well, Super Patriots got kids, and Hordus got kid. Where are the probably, kids? Probably, you know, they wouldn't take them on a mission. They're probably safe. Junior Freaks Force. <laughs> Junior Freaks. 
for like the uh, next vicious circle. Yeah. They're just kicking around, you know, aging. <laughs> hey, on the on the page where they talk about May getting injected with freak out mm-hmm. so that the baby doesn't zap her. Why would the baby have electric powers? Be- uh, because Thunderhead. of Thunderhead. He has electric powers? Oh, yeah, dude. Always. That's why he's got what? lightning bolts. Yeah. I don't know. I guess I just thought he was super strong. I totally That's like, like blacked prim- that out. Primary power of his. That's is how it? Rapture uh, Rapture is the connection between him and Malcolm. That's why they're brothers. Oh uh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, so he's totally... though, I, like I feel like I haven't seen him use it in a while. Oh, that's true. He hasn't. He doesn't go to that well often. Right now, there's a couple of listeners out there like, "What the fuck? This kid's a moron." <laughs> every time, every time. If you don't know something, dude. right now there's a couple of hosts right now thinking, "What the fuck? This kid's a moron." Well, here's something fun. You guys look at Malcolm with the with the with the chest uh, carrier. Mm-hmm. Baby is just shooting electricity directly into his chest, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's not even thinking or phasing like it's not like phasing him at all. I can't love... handle Maxine with the shaved head, dude. I love her fucked up teeth. <laughs> See, that's weird to me. Okay, for the listeners, apparently her crooked, her crooked teeth are her natural state. So while she was a dragon, her body healed her teeth back to normal. "Quote unquote," it's so weird to me that crooked teeth would be considered a normal state of your body. Well, it's not that the dragon healed her teeth; it's that she wore braces for years. Right, 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 right. But that's what I'm saying is that the braces corrected her teeth being crooked. So well, I'm saying that think about it. Like if you're born, it, dude, it makes total sense. Think about it. Like okay, like right now I've got crooked teeth, right? Right. Like and I do, but like if I wore braces, I could fix them. I didn't and, know it was the dragon thing that did it. I thought it was the freak out that returned her. To why? Like... Why would freak out do that? It's not like straight teeth is a superpower. No, 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 no. It's not. It's not any of that. Like what it was is that like before she wore braces to fix her teeth in her life, right? And then when she got the chosen one freak blood, out. No, yeah, when it's chosen. Out... No, it's chosen one blood. The chosen one blood gave her a healing factor, which apparently forced her teeth back into their crooked state and then when she, she got freaked out she lost her chosen one powers and her teeth just stayed crooked but it all it returned them to it returned her backwards like, well she says that freak out turned me back to normal all right but it put my teeth back to how they would have been if i never had braces so that's what it says oh, that, that's strangely phrased because i could have swore it was the healing factor that did it no it seems no, no. like it would make more sense that way but yeah and freak out just removed it so her and her teeth just remained crooked because they were healed crooked. No, it doesn't make any sense that the healing factor would make her teeth crooked. Why? That makes no sense. Because her body, her she was born with crooked teeth, so her natural state is crooked teeth. Correcting them with braces was a alteration of her natural state, and so her body with the healing factor would revert to her natural state, so her teeth would be crooked again. No, but that's not true because remember in issue twenty five when they had to have Mighty Man like re break Savage Dragon's bones to heal correctly. It just yeah. healed. Well then I have I'm... no idea why her so 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 to freak out <laughs> Yeah, freak out corrected <laughs> teeth is a superpower. Jim's, Jim's getting triggered on this. I'm getting <laughs> I'm just saying I don't understand. Because no, how does how does a how does freak out Cause comics. think that crooked teeth is a superpower? <laughs> 
It's not it's not that it undoes a superpower. It's that it returns you to your natural state. And if your natural state the thing is is that like I I don't know why it makes perfect sense to me and it doesn't make any sense to you, but like check it out. If <coughs> if freak out can take you from being a shark man right. to a normal human. So look at all the things that freak out is undoing in that transformation. It's just removing like, the superpower. It's not it's not that simple. It's like rechanging his whole fucking body from a fucking man of a shark. From shark like sharks have rows and rows of teeth. Right. When he becomes a normal human man, he's got one row of teeth. So So if you freak get, out so if you get negated, your teeth go crooked. Because I always I thought I thought because I I have just been assuming that freak out is just a chemical form of negates power. No, dude, it's like restores you to your default state, which is humanity. So that's the thing is like when he the like, humanity. <laughs> yeah, dude. I don't, it's like I'm trying to make this like as easy to you as it is to me. Like, okay. it's it's just your default. It's you just your fucking default. I state. guess because I guess I don't under, I didn't understand because it's called freak out. So it, uh-huh. it takes the freak out. Well, like, <laughs> why don't they call it neutralizer or nullifier? Because you're going to sell more product calling it neutralizer or freak out. And it was created and sold in Chicago. That's why they got marketing departments, Jim. Yeah, for Chicago, overrun by freaks. <laughs> freak out. Freak out makes perfect sense. Okay. I guess freak out made That doesn't crooked. sound convincing. You don't sound <laughs> Not at all. Yeah. Okay. I'm just that was, saying that like, was a passive aggressive okay. So so just 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 to be clear, if you had your appendix removed, it would you would get a new appendix. Yes. Well, that's the problem with freakout. If you remember, that's why the cops have to be cleared because some of the people, they even said in the comics, some of the people that get restored, they were like, what if they had a debilitating disease or something before or they get like restored to their normal human state and they're just in some shape that they couldn't have survived. Right, like if they had like were born with a defective heart. Yeah, and so when you restore them it restores them back to their normal state, which is a state that can kill them. And so yeah, I remember them talking about that. Yeah. So the the most the, the thing is is like so when freakout hit fucking um Maxine it didn't like, you know, it's not like, oh, I'm undoing your chosen one powers and that's it. It restored her to her natural state, which well, was well, hum- well, well, human. Well, well, wait a minute. So Uh-oh. bear with me here. Oh, here if, it comes. If you if if if. All right. Just bear with me real quick. Because I am. <laughs> then, that, then that means that uh-huh. if you injected skinny dragon with it, he would turn back into chosen one dragon and not explode. No, because the chosen one thing is like a magical thing, remember? I don't know. That's true. That is true. Because that's what gets negated when he gets negated, is the healing stuff. Hmm. But I'm still, I still don't know what's up with that. Well, then, no, that makes sense because think about it. He would be restored to a restored to a normal state, which is just a normal Krillian. If you remember, they said that they could make people chosen ones or not through technology. That's true. Like Lorella said, so Dragon losing all the chosen one abilities and becoming just a normal Krillian, that's not so fucking crazy. They said they could do that? Yeah. I th- I, yeah, I believe it. what that was stated at a certain point. It was stated for sure. 
Because I remember thinking, huh? Because so, again, that's the thing is that like they chose to have a chosen one around, and that's why they had that technology. They're like, well, you know, in case there's ever like you know, we without one, we can make one. So, because for them, it's a religious thing, but it's also science. Science, <laughs> science, religion, crooked teeth, baby. I'm telling you, it's not so crazy. <laughs> That killed it, bro. That killed yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So we I get those it. last rights we were promised last time. Yeah, man. So were you guys, I forget from the last episode, were you guys pretty convinced that Maxine was dead? Because I wasn't. What, Maxine was dead? No. I was. I was like, oh, no, God. But I will say I was nervous this entire issue because Eric has has um that's what I'm looking for. He has saved characters just to kill them off the next issue before. Yeah. Do you and... rem- remember when uh remember when um Bud Ugly and Loblo survived uh Kerr? And then the very mm-hmm. next issue he had them crushed into the building? Yeah. Remember when he brought Jennifer back and she was turning over a new leaf and we thought she was getting super cool and mm-hmm. becoming a strong hero? Yeah, I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Me Fake too. out. <laughs> well, we'll get to that. <laughs> I gotta say, uh, somebody was like, wow, you know, they uh, Angel sure does uh, fall in love quick. <laughs> but I think she's uh, kind of at this point in the book, you've kind of seen Angel just go all over the fucking map, right? I know, right? Wasn't she grossed out by Daredevil? Uh, she yeah, just thought he was... <laughs> She hooked up with him like once, and then she was all set. Right? She, she saw yeah. his real face, and he's like a gross old man. Yeah, she thought he was lame. Which is funny because I think Eric said, "No, he's twenty. He's forever twenty. So it's like technically, isn't he young? No, he would have been like maybe what one year older than her, or two the, years tops. I mean, I mean physically, but he's still physically, like yeah. still like a hundred years old. Oh, I yeah. guess. But did they? Did were they actually living in that little? like capsule or were they in like suspended animation oh you mean uh, the, oh right the golden age heroes it was hard to say yeah it was never made clear i'd assume suspended but yeah oh they come out hopping oh, that's the thing didn't they come out hopping mad that he killed solar man so they would not have been aware of what solar man had been doing the entire time I would oh think. yeah, that's right. So they were kind of suspended. That they, was kind of they were pissed that Sol- that dragon had killed Solar Man, so they didn't really have any knowledge. Well, that's only well, that's knowledge because they, they were trapped yeah. in like that vessel, right? Yeah, but they would have been like they wouldn't have known shit because otherwise they would have known he was like stealing their power too. So they wouldn't have known. Like they would had they had to have been under. I'd have assumed they were under because like if somebody's like fucking stealing your powers and got you locked up. You're not going to bust out and be like, hey, hey, what are you doing to that guy? <laughs> what, are you do- what are you doing to my jailer? You're not going to say that. No. Uh, I am now officially uh, team Angel and Alex. <laughs> uh, I'm, ro- I'm rooting for him. Certainly an unexpected combo. I'm rooting for him. Go, yeah, go the Alex is only in her mid-40s. Yeah, I, I think she was pretty young 
when we met her the first time. I think she was like probably 20, and so it's be like 25 years. So yeah, she's like 40 something. She'd been 40, yeah, mid 40s, 45. Yeah, that makes sense. That's weird. Elaborate. How so? I'm, I'm going to be 41 this year, and they talk about her, like, and we talk about her like she's old, and now I feel old. We established earlier that you were old, in fact. Yes. Um, wait a minute. Did we establish that on air? I don't think we did. Craig's old, everybody. Uh, but um, <laughs> I feel like when I read the comic, I was like 13. You that know, when I, when I read the first issues, like 13 or 14. You know, according to the math, that doesn't add up. You'd have had to been 20. I'm joking. <laughs> like correcting you on your life. Mm, look in the wiki. I I don't think you were Craig. What? <laughs> I'm being stupid. I was saying that you didn't get your own age right. I know. I, I heard what you were saying, but now I got beef <laughs> with you. Bring it on, girl squirter. <laughs> You're just a genuine girl squirter. I like um, the fact maybe that maybe I was maybe I was 16. I was probably 16, which would make sense then, I guess. Yeah, it was like Dragon... Would be like 20-something, 20, 21. Dragon debuted in what, 97, 96? Get out of here. Like 93. 93. 93? 25 years. Yeah, 93. What the fuck? I can't... Me no math, everybody. Me no math. Just use that calculator button. That's... I love it. Bring it back. Keep it in rotation. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, 93. So, how old were you in 93? Uh, I was probably, like, 16. There you go. Old enough to know better. Yeah. <laughs> I like that he addresses the, uh, pedophile accusations. Which, it's funny, I don't know if you've ever seen Haters, but good lord, Haters love to bring up, uh, <laughs> fucking Maxine Smallness. Raven just said, I don't know if you've ever seen Haters. <laughs> what is Haters? <laughs> you know, uh fucking haters i don't think i've ever spotted a hater oh dude they're everywhere if you look they're everywhere those haters they're left and right <laughs> they're abundant there's they're more natural resource than oxygen there's more haters than air now no i just i'm i'm joking but like i forget what it was i was in a thread what was a thread okay easy pick it. easy victory here i remember so the thread uh i was it was image image comics uh had a little uh Hey, here's the upcoming... They always do this. Here's the upcoming issues. And the uh, Bald is Beautiful cover drew ire. And several people were like, his, his wife just looks small. Is he a pedophile? And I was like, oh my god. Good lord, dude. Oh yeah. <laughs> I actually... I guess I saw one of these haters recently on Twitter. Uh, I told you they're everywhere. Basically, they said something along the lines of um, Eric Larson should stop doing his stop stop using incest in his comic book. Incest? Yeah, what? no right. I called him out on it, but he didn't respond. Of course not. That's what. That's not what haters I told, are. In the I, I told him he's misinformed. See, and that's a funny thing too. I just got on there, and I wasn't shitty because I want to create new readers. And so I was like, well, she looks very young. I was like, and he actually is her same, like-ish, like, age. Isn't like, he supposed really to be close. younger? He's two years younger, he right. says. So she's actually, you know, the she's the cradle robber. But uh, I said, it's just, you know, he's big superhero, and she's a normal-sized human. And 
He just looks like a fucking giant next to his wife. I said, like, you know, that's pretty much how Dragon looked next to all of his girls and wives, too. And, yeah, of course, like, the person, like, was like, oh, this is objectification. And they just kept on going. I was like, all right, well, see ya. <laughs> I got to go have fun and enjoy my life. Bye. Die angry. <laughs> They're going to love the, the braces now. Dude, I, I know, dude. Doesn't it make it worse? <laughs> It almost seems like he's embracing the haters and making it worse with the braces. Because now you got the braces and the schoolgirl outfit. It's even on the cover of one of the upcoming issues. Yippers. <laughs> Goddamn haters, I'm telling you. Dude, who's this Percy guy? He had to have been at the party. Or is he like one of the show producers or something? No, I think he. Oh, uh, no, I think he's just one of their neighbors. I think they're like one of the guys who helped unpack when they got to Canada. Yeah, I feel like we've seen him before. Yeah, that mustache is a little uh, obvious. Yeah, man, and yeah, like it's funny that he's like, "Hey, you shaved off your beautiful beard." It's hilarious. They were beard bros. Dude, it's it's, it's such a weird dialogue. He's like talking about baby names he's like i can help richard and i were thinking about adopting a girl a few years back if you'd be interested i could show you our we'll come up with something i'm sure he just cuts him off <laughs> i did think that that was a uh, kind of a funny panel because it kind of seems more ominous than it needs to be yeah <laughs> so I, weird. Think, I think it's just to let you know that richard's gay there's that Without clubbing you over the head. I mean, it's not unusual to have a list of baby names if you're planning to have a baby. It's weird to dedicate a panel to talking about it. Well, it's kind of... It's that typical natural banter that happens between the punching. Yeah, they just had a baby. You ask the baby what the baby's name... You ask them, hey, well, what's the baby's name? And they're like, oh, we don't have a name yet. Yeah, it seems kind of... I don't know, it felt natural. That panel, that panel did seem funny, the way you cut him off. Like, I'm totally with you on that. And that's more of a Malcolm kind of not being interested in your baby name list, I'd say. <laughs> it just seems like kind of that, a banal thing that Malcolm wouldn't have any interest in. <laughs> we'll come up with something, I'm sure. <laughs> please, please don't talk about this anymore. I don't care. Listen, uh, Robin Hood, I don't need to see your baby name list. That's how I read it. <laughs> Listen, Ginger Robin Hood, no thanks. Now you got good old Buffalo Stew just bowling people down. Looking so awesome. Looking so fucking great. I will say that I kind of think that it's uh, funny just to an extent. It kind of seems like the hipster vibe of uh toronto like the area they live in yep yeah you can feel it like even in these people's clothes it's it's a nice touch a nice attention to detail the grunge guy yeah dude <laughs> it's good i'm down with it it's just a solid solid splash page buffalo stew coming through <laughs> like malcolm thump it's a good panel, just him jumping down. Yeah. And him leaning into Buffalo Stew, like Stew, like, you know, going full tilt and, like, Malcolm pushing against him. Dude, Buffalo Stew's head is, like, the size of Malcolm's Yeah, body. he's a big buffalo. 
Isn't that awesome, though? I love it. Yeah. Kind of like the Juggernaut. He's kind of like the, the Savage Dragon Juggernaut. Love it! Does he not wear clothes? Uh, he doesn't he, look like he, it, he's, does it? He's got pants. Does he? Those look like hair. Kind of, the cover version look more he's like pants. Jim, look at his crotch there. Well, maybe no pants. Jim, look at his crotch, though. I'm looking crotches. Let me see all these crotch shots. Hold on, let me Jim, get the Jim, camera look out. Jim, crotch, though. I'll tell you, that's, that's, a, that's a podcast. That's a FinCast title. Jim, look at his crotch, though. Yeah, he's, 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 got a, he's got a convenient tough. He doesn't um, have, like, the Kirby trunks on? I, I can't yeah, we... I'm actually pretty, I'm pretty sure buffaloes are retractable. <laughs> that's a FinCast title, if uh... That is the winner. <laughs> I'm pretty sure buffaloes are retractable. <laughs> that's it, dude. Why? Water market. That's it. <laughs> I have to now. You know I'm gonna Google that now, right? <laughs> buffaloes retractable. Buffaloes retractable. Genitalia. Oh lord, I love it, dude. Uh, that's hilarious. No, dude, he's definitely naked. One hundred percent naked for sure. Naked is a naked is a jaybird. We get the treat with that other splash page of the giant monster looming in the background behind. Free I, Force. I like how they haven't noticed it yet. <laughs> exactly. Because <laughs> he's alive. He's definitely that guy's not just there. He is reaching. He is grasping. That's fantastic. I love that. Like, just that giant dude reaching for him. That's so fucking awesome. Dude, what the hell is going on with Malcolm's legs in that panel where he's getting punched by Buffalo Stew? (laughs) It says, nothing beats Buffalo Stew, nothing. I'm trying to figure out what's going on there. Well, Pierce's torso has been twisted around. I think his left foot is gotten <laughs> pushed to the right, and his right foot has got twisted around. Holy shit. Yeah, you're right, dude. I would not have noticed that had you not said that. It kind of sells him getting punched through the building. You got punched silly. Fucking look at little badass Tyrone. And here's the part where I thought Maxine was going to be splitted. I know, dude. I was super scared. I was, I was, I was like, "No, Tyrone, you dumb shit, dude!" Isn't how crazy it? would that be if he just like, just, I don't know, crushed her right there? Fucking Malcolm just like, you know, bleeds into her mouth and injects her with freak out real quick. Like, just keeps doing it. Like, keeps going back to the well. What a waste of money paying for those braces. <laughs> Bragasplorch. I can see it now. It didn't happen, thank God. Shoutouts to my man, Baron Delgado. Every issue, I don't give a shit. I will say it again. Alex, look out. Look at that. Alex, look out. Thracoom, badoom. So good. So good, dude. Those goddamn snake dragon things always showing up. That thing looks so cool. This uh, re- there was a return to form uh, to the two up. I think it was also confirmed in the letter columns. What was? Uh, the the big big pages. He's back on his big shit. Oh, okay. 
I guess and I if you, didn't realize the last couple issues he wasn't. Yeah, or no, it was the last... Uh, he said he went down to regular size, and then he was like, fuck it, and went back to the big... It's good shit, though. I like the playfulness. I like the playfulness between her and Alex. I'm telling you. I'm a sucker for it. I know with Angel it probably means nothing. It's probably not going to go anywhere. But it's good. I like it. I love how that big green creature that, that was chasing them in the background falls to the planet. Isn't that awesome? Doom. I love the font for barbaric. Barbaric. <laughs> Even the thump is nice. A little wavy. They're in, the, they're in the middle of scissoring and barbaric just plops down. <laughs> uh, Craig, I'm glad it's not always me. <laughs> glad it's not always me. Poor Alex. Isn't that good? Though? What was that? What the hell was that? That's good stuff. It's like it. So good. Dude, just like Mighty Man coming down with like hoarders jumping off and ricochet. So good. So clutch. It's good, dude. What? It, so, when they flash back to the Stu Malcolm fight, when he's when uh, Stu's punching Malcolm through walls, that sound mm-hmm. effect for Runk, I've never seen that effect. Isn't that awesome? Runk. It's like vibration, like looking. So cool. So good, dude. The lettering, I'm telling you. And then, so so this is like the text that has me a little perplexed. It says, the great herds no longer tread the great plains. My brothers were slaughtered by puny men like you. Now Buffalo Stew returns a favor. Do you think he was a buffalo that turned into a man? Or I do. a man that turned into a buffalo? He is very much a ninja turtle. I think so. I think he is a buffalo made man. Uh, why do they always get these secret labs everywhere? Canada, dude. You can't trust them. No one likes hockey that much. So we finally got a bad guy <laughs> who can survive lightning bolts to the face. Yeah, he doesn't give a so shit. So refreshing. All. Doesn't give a shit. Dude. Yeah, I almost threw the book across the room when he pulled out the electric powers. I was like, if he gets smoked, that's it. I'm done. <laughs> no, you didn't. You don't care about do that. I'm much. selling my 235 issues, plus <laughs> all the variants, plus all the offshoot comics, plus all the other crap, and all the Savage Dragon merchandise, hard covers, soft covers, getting black your name, and white collections. Getting your name done. purged off the wiki. Done. Done. <laughs> Tendering my resignation to the FinCast. We'd have to do a tribute issue or a tribute podcast. Guys, did you ever see how fucking crazy Craig would get over Buffalo Stew? I didn't. <laughs> yeah, but Jim, you're right. The, the, the lightning power just frying out, you know, it, it's like the same kind of cliche thing where Malcolm would get like beat up for a while and then he'd just pull out the electric power and smoke someone. Right. So I am glad that didn't work this time. I mean,. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's still not really the lightning powers that does it. Like, he yeah. still gives him the big old knuckle sandwich n- at the nut, end. Nut crotch. Crotched <laughs> lightning. <laughs> so good. 
I'm sorry. I know you lightning haters hate it, but like, I like it that he can like take it, take it to that next level, you know, push it up a notch. No, I like it. I just wish it wouldn't kill the person every single every time. single time. No, I'm with you on that. You you totally have my support there. I mean, it made What's sense. Not- it made sense early on when he didn't have a grasp on his powers, but it kind of even lingered longer than that. Well, hell, for all you know, that might be what's going on here. Like, maybe he didn't hit him with a lethal dose. Yeah, he says he turned on the juice, and he's saying he's apologizing that he's about to turn him into a smoked corpse. So, I think think he expected him to die. What a cheater. Oh, and, uh... (laughs) What a a fucking cheater. The scene where Freak Force come back to the lab is where they... That first panel is where uh, Dart... Oh yeah, uh, her lightning girl, uh, Marsha. I'm loving that Wahoo panel. Yeah, I love how they got that little car back, like the yeah. a new one. Yeah, dude, isn't that just so great? The Wahoo coming out is so good. And look at like Super Patriot. Look at like you could see his little eyebrows through his mask. <laughs> so good, man. Where did Daredevil <laughs> disappear to? He's not in this scene. Uh, he is in the top. He is. Panel. He's on the top. Yeah. Yeah, just south of Dart. Oh, there he is. Okay. Okay. He went to go get a glass of milk. You know what's so funny? Here's a funny, stupid... <laughs> By the way, that's good. Here's a funny, stupid thing that my brain thought when Super Patriot's, like, pounding that dude's face, and he's like, good job, soldiers. Obviously, he's talking to Freak Force. Oh. <laughs> Obviously, but for some reason, my dumb brain, for just a moment... Was like, is he saying that to the like that U.S. soldier? Yeah. <laughs> like he's beating his ass. He's like, good job, guys. <laughs> like sarcastically, or maybe he was like, sorry, I'm beating your ass, but you tried. No, I'm an idiot. It's Freak Force. <laughs> he's fucking talking to Freak Force. Dude, I love how Marsha Bradley's face looks in that second panel with the lighting and everything. So cool. It's good, man. He's been doing the sketchy cross hashing a lot. I dig it. Yeah. I dig it. I dig the fucking whatever's going on with the uh, car, too. Like that kind of shading or whatever the yeah, hell he's doing. Yeah, like the mirroring thing. That looks cool as shit. Barbaric. He's been drawing Barbaric off the charts, too. Oh, yeah. Barbaric went from uh, 50-50 looking awesome to, like, he looks pretty much kick-ass all the time. Yeah. Very cool. It's good, dude. Love seeing Freak Force kick-ass. Look at Mitch's Maxine shaved head. Like she just cracks me up, dude. Look yeah, at the there. It's horrible. Horrible. <laughs> oh, so brutal, dude. It looks horrible. <laughs> it does. <laughs> well, you know what's funny is I was just thinking I was like, you know, I mean, her hair's not so long that she couldn't wear a wig, but yeah, she just doesn't give a shit. Yeah, just gonna wear it short. How about this last page? Dude, I love it. What does it mean? I love it. Remember we joked about her coming back with a fucked up face. Yep. She's the new Red Skull of the Savage Universe. Well, do you want my theory? Oh, here we go. Here comes the science. I'm a, I'm a, my theory goes. Science. What, what do you think my theory is, Raven? I think that she's going to be uh, sort of a uh, homage to uh, Phantom Lady. Eh, 
Ah, I well, like my, that. Well, my overall theory is that she they she did in fact have sex with Michael, mm-hmm. and she's pregnant. <laughs> what? And and the blood sharing between mother and baby has given her chosen one powers. What? And because she's Smasher, it's not gonna like obliterate her. Because remember, I, uh, I, I think I think her her baby again sharing blood mm-hmm. will stave off the exploding for later. Well, remember, uh, what was the name the, during Dragon Wars? The dude that didn't fucking explode, like it just bled out his oh, eyes. Oh right, yeah, uh, uh, Brawn. Brawn, yes, yeah. And Smasher is definitely fucking. It's been said many times she's stronger than Dragon. That's a good point. That's a good thought. I and she's about pissed. That. She's pissed that they left her behind. Dude, how sad, dude. She's fucking stuck back in Dimension X. And she's going to go insane because she's going to be stuck there for issues. And Eric's not going to, like, revisit this again for 25 issues. <laughs> oh, no. And in that time, she's going to... I hope that happens. I love the long, drawn-out, like, stories. And that time, she's just gone absolutely batshit crazy because she's stuck by herself in Dimension X, constantly on the run, fighting off those stupid snake things. Shout-outs to uh, Knobby Planet Connected by Tubes. Yeah, it's like a Dicko-esque. Timely. It's it's a good planet, yeah. Yeah. Timely's right, yeah. I love all those little, like, Yeah, we never, we didn't mention it, but Steve Dicto died last week, or at least it was reported that he had died last, uh, last week. Yeah. This As recording. of this recording, yeah, I uh, I wasn't really familiar with his work beyond the obvious, so I mean, sadly me either. I'm well, I was largely ignorant of his, you know, like you said, obviously Spider Man, etc. But like, I just didn't consume a lot of his work. I um, I have five or six volumes of the Steve Ditko archives. <laughs> What? I just, what? Love, I just love the extreme. <laughs> like, <laughs> me, me and Jim were both like, and you're like, I have five or six volumes of the Steve Dicko work. <laughs> I know it's not much, but it's all is what I have. Uh, it's just it's, a little bit. <laughs> Fantagraphic put out like these hardcovers, which are amazing. What, yeah. what, 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 what's in it? Um, yeah, educate it's us. A lot of. It's not EC. It's all like horror. Conflict. Oh, his horror so, era. That makes sense. But it's no. It's not just so. Like, so one is called Strange Suspense, the first volume, and it's all his horror stuff. Which that first volume, freaking amazing. Like his stuff in that is better than his Marvel stuff. Like there, he drew some creepy ass comics, and like he could master like creepy looking people and creatures. Well, remember, was it, wasn't it Spider-Man's original approach as he was creepy? Yeah. Steve Dicko, like, if you can get your hands on a digital version or, I don't know, look, flip through it at a comic shop, Strange Suspense, uh, the Steve Dicko Archives Volume 1 is awesome. And I got hooked after reading that. And then all the different uh, additional volumes were different stuff. They had, like, Outer Limits, which Outer Limits was all the space stuff. Uh, they had like his impossible tales, which is kind of like weird science stuff. I don't know. It's, it's cool. A lot of it is like horror and suspense, but, uh, they're like 200 page hardcovers anyway. Without even knowing shit, he seems like a killer good fit for, uh, both horror and sci-fi. 
I mean, his art seems perfect for that stuff. Yeah. So that makes nothing but sense. Yeah, it's uh, definitely well worth checking out. And his Spider-Man and, you know, uh, Doctor Strange, great stuff. But... And what was cool about him, and I, I, this is what I can say, just, you know, while we're talking about Ditko out of left field here, but, like, uh, I, I did admire how, even though he was clearly a dude that would not have had to work, like, he wouldn't have had to work, uh, he still made comics. Yep. Like, to the end. Like, you had to subscribe to get his Mr. E. Was it Mr. E or Mr. A? No, no, Mr. E is Joe Staten. But Mr. No, A. No, wait, no, 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 I'm thinking of E-Man. Never mind. Well, wasn't Mr. A, I think it was Mr. A was the comic he was doing when he died. Right. And it's just cool. I love just the notion of somebody that's like, just they're making comics because they want to. And like, you know, right. he, he didn't have to. Uh, there's a story that I remember that somebody said they were like, who knows? This sounds like bullshit, by the way. Like grain of salt time, everybody. But uh, the the story goes is that, you know, he was a super duper recluse. And oh, he is. That, that, that is undisputed. Well, that's not the, the that's not the thing that I'm disputing. The, the story goes that uh, one of his neighbors or whatever opened his mail and like saw that he was getting like a fucking huge royalty check from Marvel. Right. And then they, he like, he like, you know, they, they gave it back to him and he like scooped it up and took off. But like, they were like, so, you know, even though the, so the implication there is that like, you know, he's rich. He didn't have to work. He definitely didn't have to make comics, but he just fucking wanted to. And I think that's cool. So yeah. even without knowing a lot about his work, I always thought that that was super kick-ass. It's hard to say. Because uh, he was always a... Part of his whole deal is that he was um, a libertarian, I guess you could yeah. say. And that he accepted the fact that all of his work was work for hire. And while he did want recognition for his work... He wanted it to be given willingly by Marvel. He did not want to go to court to get his name on stuff, get his rights to his characters like the other creators did. Uh, he, he notoriously just wanted Marvel to do the right thing and refused to do the legal route when he very easily could make the argument as co-creator Spider-Man and creator of Doctor Strange and basically had a piece of that. He just chose not to and accepted that what he was paid when he created them was, you know, the deal he agreed to. Oh, Lord. Which is, you know, <laughs> oh, Lord. honorable in a way, but also kind of hard to understand. Because mm-hmm. if I made motherfucking Spider-Man, I'd want a big-ass check mailed to my secret recluse hidey hole. Right. Well, well, that's, that's the thing. I don't think he, I think he was just happy with his life. I don't think he really. I, well, he hate. Well, I won't say hate. I don't. I didn't know the man, but the impression I got is he hated discussing Spider-Man. Whenever That's, he would, whenever whenever he would come out in public, and like someone would just approach him talking about Spider-Man, that was the easiest way to make him shut you out of any conversation with him, because he was not a, afraid to just snub you if he didn't. If he didn't, if, he did, if, he, if you were like prying into his business. I've read that. Spider-Man! Because, <laughs> yeah, Marvel... I mean, he got... he got Like many creators, he got screwed by Marvel, then he went to DC and got screwed by DC. I mean, 
He got the usual run-around, work-for-hire rates and no residual crap. The difference was that instead of sticking around in the industry and fighting and scraping for what he got, he just went off and did his own thing. He did uh, Animal Man, and then he went back to Marvel. Right? It was Animal Man? No, no like I... Creeper. I, I Creeper. He, he went to DC and created the Creeper. And, and then Speedball. And, 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 and the original Shade the Changing Man. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which I really want to read. That's actually the one thing I'm really interested, but it's the one thing that's not really available. I have the Creeper uh, omnibus. I always thought the Creeper was such a fucking weird dude. Yeah. He, he just laughs. He's yeah. like he's like a hairy Joker. I never yeah. quite got it. I didn't get it either. He's like had Joker face, but then like had that long furry. Yeah, so strange. Such it a... is. It's awesome though. And, and Think about it. Like, there's nothing else that looks like him. You know what I mean? Well, that's true. He, I don't know. Like I said, he kind of looks like the Joker, with like crossed with Sabretooth. Yeah, I'm down with that too. That description. He's weird. I can't say that he's a home run. <laughs> I'm uncreate. He's no Doctor Strange. Dude, he's Spider-Man. awesome. Would you get a Creeper tattoo? Yes. No. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so he yeah, he created the Shade the Changing Man, which is was interesting because then it got reinvented as the the Vertigo version, which had like nothing to do with the original. And now that one's like the most well-known version of the character. It's very Typical, I suppose, of DC. Did you ever, did you ever see the Creeper in the Batman cartoon or Justice League? Cartoon? Yeah, I mean that's kind of where I know the character from is those appearances. I so great in those. See, I, I never saw those. All I have is like these faint memories of Creeper comics I read like as a kid. So I didn't get to see those. So if that makes him awesome, I'm sorry. All I have is like just this tiny like comic experience with him just being like a hairy Joker. <laughs> Probably the, the, the clearest memory I have of him isn't even himself. It's uh, the Marvel and DC Amalgam crossover, Amalgam crossover, mm-hmm. when, when the Creeper was combined with Nightcrawler to become the Night Creeper. <laughs> so corny. So corny. Yeah, that's pretty corny. Corn on the cob. Amalgam is awesome. It is, but that's corny. <laughs> you remember when Batman... The- crossed over with Wolverine just because they were popular and not because it made uh, sense. Yeah, that was yeah, Dark Dark Claw. Wasn't that the nineties in general? That was Amalgam, right? The Amalgam. Yeah, that's Dark Claw. Yeah. I'm just saying it's funny because like that's how the Amalgam universe, like, as awesome as it was, it was kinda like they would do shit like that and it was like, mm, you could probably cross Batman over someone cooler. Like they crossed Captain America over as Superman? What in the hell? Super sense? Soldier is a great character. He's is he, he, he listen. He's just Steve Rogers injected with Superman's blood, and he mm. becomes Super Soldier, and he's got all Superman's powers because Kal El died when he crashed on Earth. You're making me doubt the whole amalgam universe. Super now. Super Soldier's awesome. Lobo the mm. Duck is awesome. Would you get a tattoo Chal- of Super Soldier? <laughs> I get a tattoo of Lobo the Duck. Raven will pay for it. <laughs> I'll pay for it. The Challengers of the Fantastic Spider Boy. Spider Boy did have a cool look. Amalgam's awesome. Yeah, didn't Ledron draw like one of those uh, Spider uh, Boy or something? Uh, 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 Win, not Windigo. Uh, where to go? Windigo. No, the artist. Remember, um, he did a Fantastic Four run. Tell us the guy. The tell us guy who made Tell us. Oh, you're talking about uh, Mike Waringo? Yeah, Waringo. Ringo. That's how you say it. Yeah, he did Ringo. the first. He did the first Spider Boy issue. It's great. 
Spider Spider Boy number one, Ladron Ladron drew some of that. It might, that may have been Spider Boy team up, the second one. Uh, Did we get out? We feel, I feel like we're out in the weeds. Yeah, we got, we're way out there. We got out in the weeds. I could, bad. Every that's, opportunity that's what... I could talk about Amalgam, Cross Gen, Judge Dread, uh, Amalgam. I always say I. <sighs> It's one of those words that <laughs> one of those words I never said out Reel loud. It in. He's getting too excited. <laughs> Animal well, games. It's one, of, it's one of those words that I I never pronounced out loud. I only read it in my head. And you every time what? you read it, you say Amalgam. Amalgam. <laughs> you know what? Uh, that's I read a thing. This is for you, Jim. It's to help you, and it's it's praise. It says, "Don't make fun of people who mispronounce words. It means they learned it from reading." Yep, that's um, exactly um, what it means. That's it. So Amalgam. I'm so ashamed of myself now. Craig, you're an Amalgam of a human and an asshole. Who was the artist you were talking about? <laughs> yeah, who's Ladron? What? Ladron? Yeah, he did the. Uh, he did. Elephant. He, he did, did uh, Spider Boy team up. Hip mm. Flask. Uh, he did the Inhuman oh, Hip series. Got it. Hip Flask. Yep. Dude, he thing. is like one of the best artists. I don't know. All you, had to, all you had to do is say hip flask. I'm Freaking down. Amazing. That certainly yep. explains some of the art in that Spider Boy issue because uh, the guy's got some range. Mm-hmm. Homie has chops. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to reel us back in, guys. Trying to get us out of those weeds. We got love... to talk about these backups. I love this backup. Yes. Ups. This backup. Straight, straight, from, straight from the pages of Big Bang. I met Uger from outer space. Ooh. Don't you get that vibe? Kind of. Yes. I mean, this is definitely an it's a- all those Marvel a- monster uh, Atlas era monster comic. Can I just say, props to Frank Fosco for the way he drew Nebish. I love his name is Nebish. <laughs> yeah, that, that guy is so Nebish looking. What a Nebish! I like Nebish Kinezer. <laughs> this is a... I, I love the boss's dialogue. Nebish, you're five minutes late. I'm going to dock you half a day's pay because I'm the big boss and you haven't the nerve to say no. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> it's to laugh. <laughs> what a maroon. <laughs> <laughs> what a maroon. So good, dude. Uh-huh. These are adult people in the workspace. It's funny because, like, if you think about it, though, like, the time era that appears to be portrayed here, don't you kind of get the vibe that people just said what the fuck ever they wanted back then? Because yeah. it's not like, it's not like they so, were... So not like now. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, is if someone said some shit like to you that now, you run to HR. Well, no, the, the difference is this guy has no spine. That's that. That's the... Yeah. That's the what you got no spine, we're going to treat you like you got no spine. You're nothing but a worm, Nebish. This is America. <laughs> Lift yourself up by your bootstraps. <laughs> we got no time for this sissiness. <laughs> sissiness. <laughs> I like I like that little like uh, panel. I'll volunteer to go. <laughs> yeah, dude, isn't that it's such a great face? You hideous little Nebish man. They're they're all into him. Oh no, he'll be eating. She's happy. What, what a guy. But, like, check it out. Isn't it hilarious, too, that Ugor, like, he asks him to, he, when he first, he asks for people, he's like, I want to meet uh, Alexander the Great or Julius Caesar. And they're like, yeah. oh, they're fucking dead, dude. 
Oh, oh well, well shit. I need a volunteer. Or I like, or else I'll have to just blow up the earth. <laughs> yeah, so so matter of fact. Also, did I mention our emperor's favorite meal is fillet of ambassador? <laughs> Old nebish. That's why. He, that's why they were excited to see him go. Jokes, <laughs> jokes on you. Jokes on I you, just, lady. Like he's just like, yeah, it's gonna take about ten thousand years to get there. Well, I only live to seventy. Oh well, in that case, I'm just gonna blow up the earth. Fuck it. Yeah, <laughs> I really didn't give a shit. Yeah, you know? I guess I just picked the wrong guy. Fuck it. <laughs> Uger, whatever his native language is, that must stand for "don't give a shit." Yeah. Uger don't Fuck care. It. Fuck it. <laughs> no, what's a big deal? I didn't live for ten thousand years. What did he say in his last message to you, lady? Was it live in peace or maybe let freedom reign? No, it says, uh, bite me. Sign the last man on earth. <laughs> so good. Yeah, that was great. I liked it. I like it a lot. Dude, got him. can we talk about Dr. Weird being one of the weirdest comics I've read in a while? Really? Can, can we talk about Dr. Weird? Actually, I was prepared, uh, this is shitty to say, but I was prepared to, like, zone out based on his, like, kind of old-school appearance. Yeah. He's very, very Golden Age Spectre. He's got a genuinely cool concept. Yeah. Never fear, your progeny are well. I love that, like, origin of his... What's his like? Explain it to me. He he died. He died. In, he died time. in the future, and his spirit was sent to the past to do whatever spooky shit he's up to until he gets back <laughs> to his point of death. And no, then no, no, he, he he time traveled, and then what? he died. He oh, he died. He died. In and the he past. died in the past. But his spirit doesn't get to rest unless until he reaches the second of his departure from his own time. That makes sense. Uh... So he's got to live all but, that time. <laughs> my whole fucking, like, what the fuck moment is, all right, there's a house on fire with some babies <laughs> and some lady and husband, and then Dragon comes out of this house. <laughs> no babies in tow. <laughs> <laughs> and he's got a bomb strapped to him, but clearly the bomb hasn't gone off. It's a time bomb. <laughs> what? It's a time but bomb. He said he caused the fire. Right when he yeah. arrived, what? Yeah, he says it was an okay. accident. Okay, I can get. Should give you some. Con oh. I should give you some context. Oh, because like he always arrives in a ball of flame. Dragon, I believe, appears in three issues of Big Bang Comics, and the gimmick is Dragon is strapped to oh. this time bomb thing, which Shit. is which is causing him to pop in and out of different eras. So he's he's basically doing events out of order. So this Dude, is a, you're a genius. I totally forgot about those Big Bang issues. Oh. Now that, it all makes sense. That's what, I, I assume that's what this is from. You assumed I wasn't an idiot. Oh, I'm an idiot. Fucking uh, Dragon comes out with other babies because fucking Dr. Weird saved him two panels earlier. He did. What yeah, in the did. hell? Good lord. But I was... I, this totally makes sense now. Wow, this makes it so much better that it's connected to the Big Bang issues. You're such a nebbish, Craig. Oh, God. <laughs> You better hope that's not a word, Raven. It is a word. Nebish is a word. Nebish is a word. It's like meek and cowardly. Yeah. Pitifully ineffectual, timid, or submissive. Is that what it means? That's awesome. Well, that explains why he's named it. Pitifully yeah. ineffectual? What a shitty What a shitty thing to say. <laughs> wow. 
I've been calling people nebbish, but I never fucking knew it meant pitifully ineffectual. I just thought it meant, like, well, totally it's, it worthless. it sounds like Yiddish to me, but, uh, I got no confirmation of that anywhere. You're such a nebbish, yavoy. Uh, All right, we got I, some I funnies. I enjoy this Dr. Weird comic so much more now. Thank oh. you. <laughs> well, if you've read the Big Bang issues, you've probably read it before. I did, and I forgot. But now that you reminded me, yes, I do remember. And I know that it, there's even that cover drawn by Larson with, like, Dragon on the cover. There's, there's three. Yeah. Although I think, well, only, yeah. Only, I think only one's drawn by Eric, though. Just the, cool. just the Dragon is drawn by Eric. And I'm pretty sure this Ugar comic is from Big Bang as well. Uh, I don't. Remember. I don't want to. I don't want to be sure about. I, I don't want to be. Uh, I just wait a minute. There's a copyright notice here. Uh, no, no date on it. I I just thought these were colorized versions of Big Bang stories. I don't think this Doctor Weird one showed up before, did it? I it just feels like something that's already existed. Oh, I'll look through my Big Bang comics and get to the bottom of this. <laughs> Sleuth it out, Craig. Sleuth it out. I like I I, I just want to say I appreciate that like fucking uh, Doctor Weird fuck is like eh, I don't give a shit if I die I want to know peace and so he tries and gets denied <laughs> so I don't know I dug it I was the universe, super down with uni- it the the universe uh, that will not let him skip his time that's actually pretty clever actually I really like that isn't it great no you may not cheat your destiny Simon Ward. There is much you have to accomplish. You must travel the cosmos in this Garesh costume. <laughs> you must have this terrible deathlock, as if you were a member of the Misfits. <laughs> and wear a cape everywhere. The cape is a must. And a symbol on your chest that means relatively nothing. And people will get you confused with Batman. Or the Vision. It's or a the pretty man, or the manhunter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's good, dude. He's doing good deeds. He's you know, he's going through walls and saving babies and shit. The devil lock, he said. That's it. I brought it there. I like these funnies, guys. I like yes. these funnies. Yes, I like the first one a lot. Yes, the first one is who hasn't been there? I never made the paper, but who hasn't been there? <laughs> I love the teachers, like, holding the book in that last, second to last panel. Like, ah, such a great student. Have you ever tried to actually read Moby Dick? No. Yeah. It's a pain. I, it is a pain in the ass. It is written so, the, the, the way, the writing style is so out of fashion. It's just the worst. Herman Melville. <laughs> I was born in the town where Moby Dick kind of starts out. In. Oh, Jesus. Is that why you had to read? It's like a requirement. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. going to say, is that yes. why? Call me Ishmael. Are there, like, fucking statues of Ishmael and shit? Queequeg. <laughs> no, did, there isn't. Did you run to school in a whaling whale? museum. There's a whaling museum. I knew it. I knew there was some shit. New Bedford, Massachusetts is the whaling capital of the world at one point. Because here's the thing. Any, any My high school was called the Whalers. The Whalers! Craig was a whaler, Jim. Well, that's that's awesome. For Moby Dick, you were a whaler. That's hilarious. Did you ever grow the beard? No. You should now. The whaler beard. The sparse patchy. Yeah, like like growing out of the bottom of it's almost like a neck beard. 
<laughs> but it's not. It's the, just the bottom of your jaw is producing. The Ahab hair. beard. Yes. I'll pay for it. I'll get a tattoo. I'll get a tattoo <laughs> on my neck. I'm just the beard. <laughs> I even I I like Moonbeard too. It's good. It's relevant. No, but uh, my, when I was a kid, my grandfather used to take me down to the riverfront in New Bedford, and uh, there was a guy, one of his good friends that still did scrimshaw. Do you know what scrimshaw is? Yeah, Mm-mm. it's when you carve bone. Yeah, so all the all the whalers out at sea used to like carve whale teeth and shit and make all these intricate designs and shit and they and they would just use them as like knickknacks in the house and stuff like that. So this guy still had a shop where he like carved different types of ivory and shit like that. It's pretty damn cool that he was still doing it in this day and age, but anyway, don't know where I was going with that. No, dude, anytime you can educate me about, like, fucking bone carving, that's pretty sweet. So I'm not I'm not going to fight you to learn more about bone carving. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They would do, like, whaling scenes and shit like that. Like, my grandfather has a big sperm whale tooth with, a like, a, a whaling scene on it carved in. Into the tooth? Yeah. That is funny. It's like tattooing, kind of, but, like, on bone. That's crazy as shit. I, humankind is so weird. <laughs> That's insane. Yep. Anyway. Yeah, dude. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Cowabunga. Pizza time. Pizza time. Cowabunga. Heroes so, on a half shell. So let's uh, get a little bit of background on this. Some yeah, dude. stage, as it were. It's important because you might be like WTF if you're a listener. WTF, mate. <laughs> Sorry, that's a deep, that's a it's an internet deep cut. What? WTF, mate? I've not heard that, and I feel like I'm on the internet twenty four seven. What's the name of that video? It's an old Flash animation. Ooh, you, it is a deep cut. Yeah, I know, right? Flash isn't even supported in the year of our Lord twenty eighteen. See if I can pull up the name real quick. WTF? It, my mate? quote should bring it up. Ah, first result. It's called. Let's call it end of the world. <laughs> that doesn't really help, does it? I've never heard of that. That's insane. Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Scrimshaw. Splitter. All right, set the stage. We were stage setting. So we talked about this a little bit, but what is this? The Ninja Turtles, is, the, is this the third volume? This is volume three. Technically, if I remember you saying, Jim, isn't this allegedly meant to continue after the uh, original Layard Eastman Mirage comics? Yes. So it's meant to be like a direct continuation. Yes. Cool. Very cool. Now I, I now here's vibe. now I don't know what happens in Volume Two because I did not have not read any of Volume Two. It was Volume Two is very short and, as best I can tell, sort of incidental. Um, although I do think that the the initial dragon crossover takes place during that period, because it was that crossover, and then it leads into that. Then this series starts up because I, I think that crossover sort of got Eric involved to do this. Okay, I, I, I believe it's maybe me guessing. You might be lying. I don't lie. I only guess. What year did these come out? I forgot. It's a truth guess. Um, let's see if there's an initial copyright on here. I think it was like 
through. I don't know. Well, I'll, ju I'll just check Comic Vine. Seven to ninety-nine or something like that. It all began at ninety-four. <laughs> What's that a deep cut of? King of Fighters, ninety-eight theme song. Beautiful. Beautiful. Never mind. I'm with you. As soon as you said it, I'm like, yep. I think uh, I want to say ninety-seven, ninety-eight. The dealio is is that our boys Larson, Fosco, and Carlson were super duper, like involved. Like this is like uh, wow, it came out in '96. That's actually quite right, late. Yeah. This did, yeah. Yep, sweet. I think so it that... ended in '99 ish. Yeah, it, but it, it was it was around the point in time when the turtles were kind of losing steam. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not the cartoon. The cartoon. The cartoon was over. And... Eric did some crossovers with Dragon, and in fact, they had the, the the toys that came out, the Dragon toys that came out under the TMNT uh, imprint. Yep. Right? Yep. And so the Ninja Turtle guys, I guess Eastman maybe and Laird, approached Eric about continuing it, right? Giving them him license to do what he wanted. Does that sound right? That sounds vaguely true. And so it came out in 96. They were initially going to do it in color, but the orders probably weren't enough, which probably seems absurd now. So this this if... series actually started after issue 22, which was 95. So After issue 22 of 20... Savage Dragon? Yeah, 22 was the second crossover. Yeah. And so they were going to do it color, but the sales didn't warrant it, even though nowadays it probably would have... <laughs> been considered a success right oh yeah so they they did the first issue they they inked the first issue as if it was going to be colored so if you get the first issue of this reprint it looks a little different than the rest and when they realized they weren't going to color it they inked it for black and white right and i think the reprints now are called urban legends that is correct the yes. original under image were just called teenage mutant ninja turtles and it was correct. just going to be a continuation of the series so here's the deal. All right. So this was, like I said, was intended to be a continuation of the original Eastman mm -hmm. and Laird series, but because it didn't, because what happened, it got because it got canceled, it didn't conclude. It ended in '99, and I believe in 2001, Peter Laird started his own uh, Ninja Turtle series, uh, Volume Four, and it completely disregarded any of these events. So it made Whoa. this. Made this period non-canon, so that so the point of doing these reprints and then adding, I think, a three-issue ending, is to remake this canon to lead into Volume Four. At and least this this series gets a lot of shit because they yes, maimed the turtles, and I think the whole point of why they restarted it and disregarded this stuff is, like you said, they never. So I know in interviews, Fosco and Carlson said eventually the Turtles would have returned to their normal form again. You know, like right. Donatello's a robot and he would have eventually went back. And, you know, they would have eventually turned back to the status quo like comics do. But because they didn't have that time to do it, it would have, wouldn't have made sense for the fourth volume to try to tie up all those ends. It's just easier to right. disregard it, start right. it up. Yeah. And, and that one just sort of treated everything as like a time skip. But I think that this series is severely underrated. It did a lot of cool shit 
it made it was like a savage dragon comic for the turtles it it made things scary and unpredictable yes um, dude i mean the very it, first page is uh donatello getting blown up well it, the whole first issue and we can get into it is like a fucking like a mind f when you first read it and right. i remember reading it and being like whoa how did all this shit happen in issue one and well, like, was this your first ninja turtle comic book no, I've had uh, Mirage comics. I have like twenty or thirty different old Ninja Turtle comics. Okay. Because um, my first Ninja Turtle comic was Volume Four, Number One. Oh no, no, I have like a bunch of the original stuff, and then it got really weird. Yeah, Turtle. And soup. they had different artists doing like hyper realistic turtles, and mm-hmm. I, but yeah, my uh, I can't think of. One of my favorite comics of all time is a TMNT comic, and it's uh, – I can picture it. I don't know the issue. I, well, I'll come back to it because I'll look it up while we discuss this, but it's one of my favorite comics of all time that got me into Ninja Turtles, and it's one of the lower-numbered turtles when they're fighting like a Shredder that came back from the dead. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, because Shredder, 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 Shredder dies super early in the series. Yeah, he turns into like issue. a, a – bunch of maggot creatures and stuff and infest like, a shark this... yeah uh his yeah, daughter killed shredder in the very first issue yeah his uh his daughter does become a big a deal a big deal later in fact she's i think she's in this series but I, i'm not sure right well no because raf eventually becomes leader of the foot clan i guess i don't know guess we'll find out uh return to new york is what got me hooked that it's makes sense issues like uh, 19, 20, and 21, mm-hmm. which are freaking amazing. The interiors are just gorgeous. And my very first Ninja Turtle book was Return to New York Book 3, which is the third part of a three-part series. <laughs> but it, I flipped through that comic like a billion times. I still have this original comic that I bought, and I still... We'll stop and look at it if I run across it in my collection. So anyway. I don't know how the hell that's not sticking out in my mind. I had like Turtles graphic novel collections before even graphic novels were like a word. Like I don't even know what the fuck they called them. But like uh, I had like a giant collection and it went up past Cerberus, past the Triceratons. Um I'm trying to think where it stopped, in fact. But we had, like, two or three of those. I think First Comics put out a bunch of collections early on. Because uh-huh. I know I had Volume 2 of those. And that collected, like, right. four I collected like four issues. I think it did the, ter- the uh, Terraton storyline, actually. Okay. But uh, for some reason, what you're, what you're uh, recounting is not ringing any bells at all. Me? Oh, no. Yeah. Yeah. It's oh, not ringing what, what, return to, return to New York? Yeah, return to well, that was that was that was, that was way late in the run of the oh, early, late run. of the original volume one. That was like yeah, that was like, like nineteen twenty and twenty one. There was like a weird period, uh, basically after the stuff that you're describing, where uh-huh. Laird and uh, Eastman and Laird weren't really working on the book themselves. I think no, it's Jim Lawson, right? Does Ra- amazing. Yeah. Lawson's so good. That's why volume four is so good because it's like all Lawson. Lawson. Jim, is, you- are you are you familiar with the Return to New York storyline? I've got to read it. I it's one of those runs that I just have not got to yet. Yeah, you gotta you gotta read it. Yeah, 
Jim Lawson's awesome. I wish he did more. Uh, but anyway, uh, what was I trying to say? Oh yeah, Return to New York was was, was like literally I think the return of Eastman and Laird being involved in the book after a, a short hiatus. Right. It, I I believe so. I might be making that up. <laughs> and then after that, and then the, like a few more, there were some more issues after that. But then it goes to volume two, and then this series. Okay. It, it, the early Turtles comics are a tad convoluted in their numbering because there were a couple of spinoffs. Not every issue was made by Eastman and Laird, and so some of them aren't considered like. Uh, well, they're, they are part of the series, but some people don't care about them because they're not made by the creators. Right. Stuff like that. And, uh, of course, the TV show was blowing up. And then, of course, the Archie series started sometime in, like, 1990, 89. And that series ran forever. But it is, it is important to recount, like, to put this uh, series in a time capsule... I remember when this came out, like, uh, the vibe was not good. People were not happy. And, like, what was funny is even though I kind of thought, I thought I was like, like, wow, man, these guys are going fucking crazy with Ninja Turtles. Like, I just wasn't buying, like, comics. I didn't have a comic store near me. But, like, you know, with Wizard, you kind of knew what was going on anyway. Right. And it was like, oh, you know, Cyborg Donatello, you know, Shredder. Splinter's a bat and fucking Casey Jones, Raphael running the Foot Clan. And it's like, what in the hell? And so it always seemed awesome. But I remember, dude, like fucking people were pissed. And also, too, when this hit, just to put it in a time capsule, you know, now, of course, Ninja Turtles is on its like 18th iteration. Like there's a million different versions of Ninja Turtles. Right. Yeah. And back when this hit, like. This was ex- it. Yeah, experimenting with Ninja Turtles wasn't really even a thing. That's, that's, I'm not going to say that's not true. Not like this much, though, dude. They're like, like you said, panel one, he's getting his fucking shell blown apart. That would have flipped somebody's fucking mind. But original Turtles was like this, at least not to the Turtles themselves, but it was fairly violent. I don't mean the violence. I mean the mutilating Turtles. Like, that's different a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The original volume, though, had like, really crazy shit like another Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle comic I had that blew my mind from the original volume was number 35 and if you guys get a chance it came out in 91 and it was like what if the turtles looked hyper realistic so they actually look gruesome kind of yeah it's really violent one of them I think one or two die in it and stuff like that I know that one that one was made by done by an artist from uh, Neil Gaiman's Sandman I think oh, yeah. it, I think it was called. Um, oh, I, I have the the collection, but I don't know the name. It's Souls Withering or something. That's it. Soul Michael Soul Zooli. something. Anyway, I, but I get what you're saying, Raven. I mean, they did. There, there's a whole bunch in that first volume. I, I think Jim, correct me if I'm wrong, that they kind of Souls Winner disregard those two because it got really weird and like it's not part of like the right. It's his own thing. Yeah. Oh, I mean, I remember, like, original Turtles, like, they were fucking time-traveling and, like, you know, meeting Triceratops aliens. And, like, if you think about yeah. how fucking crazy it really is, like... Yeah, it's awesome. <laughs> it was like... And this is the funny thing is, like, so that's why I'm with you, Jim. When you say that, it's not really true. Because what's so funny is it always made me confused why Ninja Turtle fans shit on this so hard. 
because to me Ninja Turtles was violent and was really weird and was kind of a book where any fucking thing could happen. I think there's two factors, okay? One is the year it came out. 1996 was the bubble year. I think at by 1996 there was a certain segment of the comic reading public that was kind of over early 90s edginess. And this kind of continues that trend of the violence and the cyborgs and the what have you. The other thing is, a lot of people are used to the cartoon turtles at this point. Yeah, comic or the Ar- Archie turtles. Too. Or the Archie turtles. Comic turtles is not on a lot of people's radar. So they see this book and they see their beloved cartoon characters getting mutilated. That might, you know, trigger a reaction. That's true because I think, oh man, what a fucking like unearthed memory. But I feel like I remember someone criticizing the fact that they even had all red bandanas. Exactly. If that if they're criticizing that, that means they don't know shit about the comic turtles. Yep. I feel like that's a memory that I had where somebody's like, oh, why would they go back to that? You know, blah 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 blah. Because yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Wow. All right. Fucking idiots. And the, and the <laughs> fact and the fact that they have red bandanas is why this is a continuation of the original turtles because almost always the spin-off versions get the colored bandanas as just like a matter of course. But when they have red bandanas, you know they're the real deal. How are the kids going to tell them apart? <laughs> what if they switch weapons? Well, to be honest, I I get the impression that the maiming has something to do with telling them apart. Oh, uh, that's what he said. He said in an interview. He said his first priority was to make each turtle distinct visually. See, on the one hand, I get why he did that, and I get why he wanted to do that. On the other hand, Peter Laird once explained, it's actually real simple to tell them apart. It's the weapon they're holding. That is literally all you need to know who they are. If the artist is doing it right, you see if the one carrying the sword is Leonardo, the one carrying size is Raphael, the one carrying the stick is Donnie, and the one with the nunchucks is Mikey. That's all you need. And that's why they work in black and white. Because turtles are supposed to be black and white. In this uh, in this reader's opinion. <laughs> I like, I like your, your end cap there. In this reader's opinion. It's good. No, uh, I just as a first, like, fresh face, never read it, turtle, like, like, savage. Like, I just never read these. These are new to me. I was aware they existed. I just never read them. And uh, I fucking loved it, dude. I loved it. It was like original Ninja Turtles by Larson. That's how it felt. Like, mm-hmm. again, we kind of, I kind of like, you know, popped the cork on this too early in the FinCast. But like, there's some creative teams that have just been in Savage Dragon so much that I get strong Larson vibes when I read their work. And like, even like, look at page two. Well, he's a doom. He was an editor, too, so I'm sure he had some influence on... Well, yeah, he, he is series editor, I believe, for this, so he is... Yeah. He basically... I don't know if he came up with the general, like, framework, or, like, just told him, like, this is what I want you to do, have at it. I don't know. We have to, we'd have to actually talk to him about his role. I'm sure he had... Knowing how he's been in the past with stuff, I'm sure he's had some kind of input. Even these sound effects, though, like even the like when like he's getting shot at, it's like back a back a back a back. Like yeah. the birthday hat, like blam blam blam. Well, it's Chris Eliopoulos, so yeah, yep. It's very dragon feel. I mean, it's all highbrow 
in-house. Larson, you know, Frank Fosco and Gary Carlson are all, you know, in the same school that Larson kind of grew up through. Very, uh, you know, and of course, Gary and Frank have worked on Savage Dragon stuff. And it's all under the eye of Larson, so it's definitely got the feel through it. Big so if you're, time. If you're a fan of Savage Dragon, and with all the characters involved, you can't tell me that Eric didn't have a say on you know how Mako would talk or at least give approval. Uh, it makes it very dragon-esque. So dragon-esque, dude. This is like... This is fantastic for me because it's like Ninja Turtles through a Savage Dragon lens. Like, yep. it's fucking awesome, dude. Well, and as you read on and new issues come in, at the time it was tying in directly with Dragon. Yep. You eventually get Horridus and Vanguard um, and uh, Michelangelo and Horridus have a relationship. Uh, it's pretty cool. Oh, I can't wait. Again, we're not going to talk about it, but I did, like, get up to issue three. But, like, we're going to, you know, we're going to dole it out, dear listeners. But, uh, yeah. Uh, full time somehow. Mako on the cover. Like, and what's funny is they gave me the new cover. They didn't, like, give me the Mako cover. And so I, like, went cruising the shelves and I saw they had the Mako cover. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm getting that. <laughs> I wonder how that works, like, with you know idw well the way the way i understand it is because ninja turtles was owned by mirage eric was basically doing i would assume it as a license slash work for hire deal Mm -hmm. so mirage retained all art rights all copyrights so when viacom bought them out viacom just gets all this stuff and they can use it as necessary so even though even though eric's characters are on the cover I assume because it's part of the original work, they have complete right to just reprint it. Yeah, like I said, I wonder how that works. Like, they have a right to reprint it? Like, I would assume so. I mean, like in the final three issues, you're not going to see any of the Savage Dragon cast, I presume. No. Because... I mean, I would get that they would have the right that no one else could print it, but for them to be able to reprint, like, stuff that has... Eric's character. I don't know. I guess I, I mean, it does I mean, seem weird. Works. I mean, it does seem weird. There's that that Savage Dragon Martial Law crossover that got reprinted, I believe, in the in the DC collection of Martial Law. Yeah, there must be something in the language. Well, it's that, just easy. You know. If you're working, it's a. I guess it's an agreement with whoever you're working with and whoever owns the rights. And if you're getting, you know, whoever owns the rights to the work, they got the republishing rights. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Well, the way I look at it... Dragon it, appeared it, in Max. That got reprinted when Max got remastered. The way I look at it, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset if I was Eric. It gives you potential more exposure to people that... I assume from context that Eric doesn't like his character no, being no, on anything other than Image. No, he doesn't. For obvious reasons. And I know he said he wouldn't be supplying any variant covers or anything. Right. Which is kind of a bummer. Yeah, he's not involved with this at all. Yeah. Which, like you said, bummer. It's just uh, the way it's got to be. 
You know what, though? That's because those motherfuckers, if I had, I'm guessing, this is pure speculation, guys. Please, this, there's no, I've no insight at all. But remember when he hit him up for 222 and no fucking buddy, like, replied or whatever? That would, yeah, that'd give me a good reason not to work with him. Or, Fuck yeah, yeah. that'd sour me. Because he wanted the turtles to show up in 222. Yeah, that would have been really rad. Yeah, I'd have been like, man, fuck you, buttholes. Well, I think what happened was he, he talked to Peter Laird, and Peter Laird doesn't have the rights to authorize anymore. So, yeah, And then right. Viac- dealing with Viacom is a whole other ball of bullshit. Yep, that's what he said. Uh, you got to miss those handshake agreements. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I hated to see the Turtles go corporate. I really did. I was like, That oh. is probably one of the saddest days in comics history. It is, dude, because they were one of the biggest indie success stories that ever was. Even worse than Wildstorm being sold to DC. Yeah, that truly was just a way to grab Alan Moore's shit. That's all. There's one of that Alan Is that? It, I thought, I, see, I don't know. I get the impression that Jim Lee was always looking to sell out. He he was, but what value does Wildstorm have without Alan Moore's work? Well, all the Garth, uh, Garth Ennis and, and Warren Ellis and... Yeah, but... everybody else. I mean, wait, what? Al- what Alan Moore worked? I mean, I, I guess the ABC League. stuff, League, yeah. right? But that's League, Tom Strong, Prometheus. That's, I guess. See, that's weird because that's true. DC does own that stuff because they're yeah. still they're still using Tom Strong. Tom Strong showing up but, recently, but yeah. they don't own League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, which is weird. Some fucking hell. You talk about crazy language and comic deals. Right. Some fucking hell they don't. I mean, they have the right to reprint those first two, and that's it. That's that's why the next volume came out and it had so much sex in it, because he's like, Mer. Maybe they they're got, not gonna. Maybe they got first refusal. Something maybe. like that. Who knows? Turtle power. Yep. Turtles are cool. I fucking loved it, dudes. I mean, for me, this was awesome. I am going to praise uh, all the little shit. I love fucking Frank's art. I like fucking the writing. I think the Ninja Turtles are hilarious. And I think that they're, they just felt really true. Like, it just felt like true. Like, they felt true to how the shit just, like, it. everything rang true. I was super pleased with it. I think uh, the fact that it felt like a highbrow book right. was fucking good. Like, this is a crazy panels. Like, when fucking, you know, Raph turns and his head's all mutilated. Yep. It's fucking awesome, dude. It's good. Yes. Yep. I am pleased as hell to finally have taken this ride. Yeah, it is kind of nice for people to get the opportunity to, to get their hands on these comics. And it's cool that they're coming out mm-hmm. instead of just all one lump trade, like month to month. And I, kinda... I, I, IDW trades are the worst, too. You get like four issues for like $25. It's stupid. Yeah. But Oof. like they it's they were they were, cool. they were they were putting out those uh, Archie Turtles collections and they were literally four issues for like thirty bucks. Ooh. And there are hundreds of those comics. They and they only got like five volumes in before they canceled it. And I knew that would happen because you got too much content. That's crazy for that pre, for a premium price. Those should be like twelve issue fat phone books. Yeah. 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 Yeah, but this is not. I'm pleased that it's coming out in its original form. Yeah, and to get to see it in color, I have the black and white issues I can always look at. But it's nice to see 
color. I know, Jim, you were saying that IDW's coloring is typically crappy. What my, were your thoughts on this I thought first the issue? Coloring was real good here. I thought it looked yeah. really natural. I didn't see any like uh, uh, there weren't a lot of like lens flare crap and like part in like. Uh, I don't see any of that. No, any, any of that kind of hyper hyper realism. Lots of. I don't even it's hyper realism. Just like the overuse of colors, I guess is what I'm saying. Like with all the flares and stuff like that. Like they they kept it pretty good, I think. Yeah, I like they, it. I wasn't sure I was going to because I like, like I said, I like it in black and white. But I think overall it works. And Raven, did you? And I guess because Jim, you didn't look at the second issue yet. I have not. Just, Raven, did you notice the big difference in the art from the? first to the second issue i did and yeah. it is especially huge in issue three like issue three looks i would imagine completely different in black and white really um yeah better I, or I, worse well i almost want to say that uh it would have been better i even though i'm with you i don't think that they overdid it on the coloring uh, in fact, I actually really do like this coloring. Like, I think they, I'm going to just agree with you guys that they, you know, did a very good job not to, like, go into crazy, like, color holds and, you know, a bunch yeah. of crazy, wacky shit. Um, that being said, I would like to see this in black and white at some point, just yeah. in a form I can own, because this issue three, especially uh, some of the things with Mako towards yes, the end I'm, yes. I'm like oh that would have looked better in black and white i can I got, I got a question for those who read it in black and white how do they do the astral projection in black and white because i'm looking at it and i'm realizing they must have like completely recolored it from line work the astral like, oh like the light blue yeah light projection. uh i'll have to go back and look at it i can tell you on the next fincast sure but, uh, when we talk about the issue i don't think it was that jarring at all um but I don't rem- recall. Okay. I'll I'll look it up. I'll take it out of my uh, bin. But I think it it was probably just like a thin pencil. Yeah. With like no shading or anything like that. But I have to look it up. But I do Raven issue three. So the cool thing about the black and white in this series, mm-hmm. and I have some of the original art from this series is that a lot of it is set at night Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of that frank miller-esque like shadow play and stuff like that very much i got that yeah and very a lot of like panels are just like the outline of the turtles where you could just see like their headbands and everything else is kind of black yep um except for like their weapons and stuff like that, which mm-hmm. I thought they did a good job with the coloring in three to, to leave, to, to still make it effective mm-hmm. because it's a lot of night scenes. Oh, yeah. But, uh, but I, I think, I, I don't think it's screwing anything up. I think the color, it, it's nice. I mean, the black and white looks cool too, but it, it is nice to finally see these in color. But anyway, I'm not going to talk about three anymore because we will get to the, yeah, yeah. Point. But you can see, I just want to make it a point. So anyone that's reading issue two or three, you can see the difference between one that was inked for color and then two and three, which were not was really inked for black and white. They oh, still it's, made it's it a work. Big difference. <laughs> and I thought it was more jarring in two from one to two, mm-hmm. and I thought that um, the art looks better in three than issue two. 
Yeah, it it does. And uh, what's funny is even for a colorist, like if you're coloring work that was meant to be black and white, you're presented with an entirely different set of challenges. Because then you gotta like try and like do you fight what the what they have going on or do you you know like we start getting to things like Jim said like with the astral projection like then you've got like some pretty weird choices to make yeah yeah so but no I'm pleased I'm just gonna say I am pleased I did notice the difference uh, immediately <laughs> but uh, I'm with you I, I think I, it does improve I assume it's just less open so it's a bit darker. Like like Craig said, yeah. just uh, they're leaning in. He leans into a lot more Sin City stuff, right? Like and to where it's like silhouettes. If I recall, the uh, black and white turtles, like the paper is more like paper, paper. Like oh oh, they also oh so the first issue was like glossy stock. I don't know if the first issue was glossy stock, but from what I recall, and again, I'll, I'll go pull out my old issues for the next thing cast, but it's all like paper stock. It's not glossy. But the one thing I will say, like, that color, things that are more effective in color are, like, like Raphael's uh, scarring is yeah. really gruesome with, like, oh, the yeah. pink coloring. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. know, it, you know, when you compare it to his green skin. Um, so there are, there are things like that. There are things in black and white details that you lose that you can see that pop more in color. Um, so it's kind of cool to see, like I say, go back and forth and see the differences. Um, but still holds up, I think. Some of the dialogue's a little quirky and '90s ish type. Oh, stuff. I love it! I love, dude. I, I was gonna hold it for like the issues where it really hits. Yeah. But like they dropped some references where I just laughed. I laughed out loud. Like when he's on the fucking internet, he's like, "Did you find it? No, but I got a lot of pictures of Terry Hatcher." Yeah. <laughs> like Terry yeah. Hatcher. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Terry Hatcher. It's <laughs> crazy. It's good, dude. It's good, and even yeah. like, even yeah. like he said, like the dialogue. He's like, he's gonna get on the computer. He's gonna get on the internet on the computer. And it's yeah. like it's just funny because it's like you know you wouldn't need that nowadays. Right, right, right. <laughs> I thought, um, you know, looking at a lot of the the, the lettering of Chris E, it's kind of cool. It pops in color like that. It, it looked good in black and white, too. The one panel that looks really cool is when Raphael gets his face blasted, and the color just adds um, to that towards the end when the cyborg head explodes. That looks neat as shit. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Where they do the color hold. Yeah. Where like that the you know. Cool. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so much happened in this issue. I think one thing is kind of like a '90s throwback is, uh, well, I shouldn't say throwback because this is from the '90s, but like the cliche is all the skimpy like women ninja outfits. I'm not <laughs> sure sure that they would make that choice nowadays. But no, they wouldn't, and it's hilarious <laughs> because like. Even even the way the turtles are talking, yeah, and I get the yeah, like oh that babe, oh she was a sexy babe, what a skimpy yeah. dress, oh, and I was like, babes, and I know they wouldn't, maybe they would. I mean they are teenagers, but still, I it don't feel like, yeah, it's just a, a, yeah, sign of the times there. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> but it's cool. 
I look forward to talking about the future issues. This is a fun series. I'm excited. For me personally, uh, I know this is just I've something I've said before on past Vincasts, but um, kind of like when Eric was on Supreme with Corey, or uh, when he was doing those uh, spawn issues. Like just any time I can get like even just an extra dose of that yeah. Larson vibe in my monthly comic pool, I'm fucking all for it. So. Yeah. Definitely, and I like seeing what uh, what new take Frank's gonna take on his cover. So I'm I'm actually getting both covers because mm-hmm. I'm a nerd like that. But I enjoy seeing, uh, you know, this is what would Frank do if he was drawing the covers? Because a lot of these first, I don't know if all of them, but at least most of, I think it's just like the first five or six Eric drew the covers or inked them. But uh. I think he totally drew the first three at least. And then the rest I think Frank at least drew and he inked. So it's kind of cool to see what Frank would uh, do on his own. It's very awesome. I, I'm i actually super duper happy they're doing this. This is cool. I didn't think I was going to dig it as much as I actually am. Like I actually had middling expectations like I'm not going to say I was like low expectations because I was kind of like super hype on it but um, I just knew I was thinking eh, it's an old series like how exciting can it really be but it's tight I'm super I'm super loving every <laughs> again I you know we're not going to talk about it but I read all three issues like and I just like devoured them I was, I was like oh I just kept like flipping and flipping it's so good it's so good Jim, I feel like we didn't get your like. What's the Jim impression? What? Uh, this this is pretty cool. I like this series. <laughs> I enjoy it quite a lot, fellow teenagers. <laughs> How do you do, fellow young people? I uh, yeah, I like it. I only read the first issue, and I thought overall, you know, you know, for a turtle series with a finite run, I think it's going to be pretty good. Pretty good. So, uh, you know, I'm a big fan of guessing and predictions. What do you, what do you fellas think will be the take? On what turtles? Well, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we know we talked at length about how it was received initially. What, what do you think is going to come out? How do you think this is going to come out on the like the other end these days? Well, I'm of two minds. One, it's still a niche product. I don't think okay. it's going. I don't think it's going to reach a wide audience just because of what it is. Sure. Um, best I can tell, it's getting relatively positive reviews from those who do, who do review it. So I think as a as a uh, relic of another time, I think it's being relatively well received. Good. I think it's in a better place. I think it's. I think. Okay. I think it generally might be more. Just because it's not the quote-unquote real Ninja Turtles, I think it's going to get better received now. Because in a lot of ways, the real Turtles to a lot of people is the IDW series, that version. So this version is just like an alternate take, and so people can accept that better. I think people want to check it out. I think the the single issues are so cost-prohibitive now, and they only did the trade in the first, what, five or six issues? Yeah. It's just, you know, if you're a fan of Ninja Turtles, it's just, you know, you want to you wanna get your hands on it. 
I also think if um, you're one of those, because it's funny, you always hear about it like uh, on internet, like videos and podcasts. Like, oh, you know, when Turtles first came out, they were actually super violent. And everybody's like, always like, wow. And it's like, if you want something that is like a chance to see uh, super violent turtles without having to go back to that very first like origin story and all that stuff. Right. Like, this is good. This is good. It goes back to it. It's good. Yeah, definitely. I think it's got like a, uh, like there's a lot of people curious about it too, that, that it's been kind of hyped up because it's so polarizing. I'm excited, man. I, I really hope, just as a person who was uh, new to it and had no prior expectations or whatever, I fucking super liked it. I highly recommend it. And definitely, if you like Savage Dragon, check it out. Yeah. Because Dragon, One... Dra- Dragon's in issue 10, for sure. Vanguard's in 11. So, you know, you get the, you get those uh, those bits and pieces coming up. Yep. 100% recommend. Also, the Night Watchman, for some reason. He's yes. on the cover. Another <laughs> cool character, especially in black and white. It's kind of like their version of Batman. Yeah, and around this time, Big Bang was doing like a big send-up to The Dark Knight Returns with him. I think it's that version of the character. I was going to say, is this the Baker Night Watchman? Yes. Yes, it is. Except, okay. Except it's... It's, it's the grittier '90s version. The grittier '90s version, yes, because that's how awesome. big that's how Big Bang Comics rolls. It's like the Frank Miller version, right? I can't wait. I'm super excited. <laughs> Sweet. So, should we wrap this up? Let's wrap it up. I did not get the solicitation for the next issue, Raven. I'm sorry. That's okay, cause I did. <laughs> Savage Dragon 236, Kids Night Out. In their first ever adventure, Malcolm Dragon's kids chase down a deadly threat on their own. But the menace they face is no ordinary foe. It's the latest addition to the Dragon family, unleashed against an unsuspecting populace. And we have it on pretty high. Uh, Eric himself said that... that that copy doesn't have much to do with anything, so there you right. go. <laughs> Speaking of families fighting monsters, either you guys see Incredibles 2 yet? I didn't. Okay. Yeah, is it good? Yeah, it's fine. Uh, it's fine. I will say uh, I am keen to check it out. Uh, I do like some cartoon big butt, and definitely you'll, you'll you got definitely that. get a lot of that, yes. <laughs> I'm down. I, I knew I would. I knew I would. And uh, also, uh, I'm a fan of Bob Odenkirk, however he appears. And Wait, the fact that who's Bob Odenkirk? Better Call Saul. Yeah. Wait, which character is he? He's the lawyer type guy. No, no, I know, I know, I know. Better Call Saul. It's time Saul. to bring superheroes back. Oh, that guy. Oh, I didn't that know guy. that was him. That's uh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, basically, what's it's crazy that you don't know that's him because basically they put him just him in the cartoon. Like, like, I looked at the, like, uh, art, and I was just like, wow, they just drew a cartoon of Bob Odenkirk. But they didn't, like, make a new character. Really? Interesting. He just, made, he, he just fucking looks just I never, like I, I never watched Breaking Bad, so... 
Oh, I, well, never, had, I never had a reason to watch never, uh, Better Call Saul. If I, you imagine that character from uh, Incredibles as a awful sc- lawyer, yeah, a scummy lawyer for the world's greatest meth dealer, then yeah, there you go. That's it. Kind of like Incredibles three almost. <laughs> go back watch watch Breaking Bad and uh, and uh, Better Call Saul and just imagine Mister Incredibles like just out there in the world fighting crime and you right. got it. I got Same. you. I got Same. you. So, so it's Odenkirk, yeah. I didn't see it though, dude. Is it good? Well, you watched it. What Incredibles two? Yeah. How are you feeling? It's fine. I mean, it was. That's not a good endorsement. Well, yeah, yeah. it's not. <laughs> in my opinion, it's not better than the first one. Nothing was going to be. Too much that, time that, has passed. Yeah, there's that. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's fine. It's good. It's excellent, <laughs> really. It's really one of the best movies of the year, but it's hard to be really excited about it because in a lot of ways, mm-hmm. it's just the first movie again. Except now it's Helen as the main character. That's almost uh, what Pixar does. Yeah. The, with sequels. <laughs> that Star- said, yeah. there's a lot of good stuff with the kids, mm-hmm. and it is a good movie. I recommend seeing it in a theater. Cartoon? How many cartoon butts does it get out of ten? Well, nine and a half. I liked it. There was a half ass. <laughs> half ass. Nine and a half ass. Good. It's good. I haven't seen shit for movies, dude. I'd be like, have you? I'd be like, hey guys, have you seen that cool YouTube video? <laughs> Pitiful. I can't remember the last time I went out to the movie. Avengers. That was the last time I saw a movie. Oh God, Jesus. Yeah. Pitiful, dude. I know. So to be honest, you haven't missed much. I mean, it's just been Solo and other. Ant Man and the Wasp. Like I like the Infinity War. Was that the one you saw the last one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Infinity, oh, Avengers. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mean the original Avengers. Good Lord. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Ant-Man and Wasp comes out. I kind of want to see that. It looks good, doesn't it? It's supposed to tie oh, in God. a lot. The first but... one didn't really grab me, but for some reason, that second one's kind of looking interesting. Did you go see Han Solo? I didn't. I did. That movie, I like, I've liked every Star Wars movie, but that one. <laughs> that movie really? is, did you see it? Even episode one? Yeah. No, I no, no. Okay. I, I, meant, I meant Disney Star Wars movies. Okay. You know what? I, now that um, The Last Jedi is on Netflix, I've lightened up on it a little bit. It's my favorite Star Wars movie. Oh, Jim. The Last Jedi? Absolutely. <laughs> it's the best one. You like the blue space come, Luke? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you like Mary Poppins' Leia? Yeah. Oh. That com- makes complete sense. Are you, do you like it just because she forced pulled herself? Of... How do you think that fucking works? It's just the reverse of pulling the lightsaber. Wait a minute, hold she's on. never even given a hint that she has Jedi. Powers. It's been forty fucking years. Do you just like it because a lot of neckbeards hate it? I like it because it subverts every expectation you have going into that movie. And Does that, it? And that's a movie. And that's the movie I want to watch. Is the movie that doesn't play it safe. But they've reduced like Luke like, to like Empire Strikes Back. I think they clowned Luke so hard, dude. I can't yeah. get down with that. Luke, yeah. for me, Luke has never. That is, I. This is a whole discussion for another time. But that is, that nope, is exactly now. That is exactly the path. Luke's arc. What? 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 What does it? What does it take away from Luke? 
He's lame. He's a blue cum yeah. drinker. Luke has like, always like, been lame. That is Luke's deal. He's he fucking lame. Not, he became not lame. In, in, what, in what way was he not lame? He killed the goddamn emperor. No, he didn't. Vader Basically, did it. Vader did there. it. Vader killed there. the empire. He helped. Luke failed at his mission at the end. He tur- almost <laughs> he turned to anger in his last moments. He fucking failed as a Jedi. That's the whole point. I saw some awesome meme. It was like, oh, I think I can save my father, like Darth Vader. And then it showed, like, Ben Solo. Oh, this kid's having a bad dream. Let's cut his head off. Luke Skywalker does everything he's not supposed to do and fucking fails at the end. The only reason... blue milk from a titty. Yeah, not good, dude. He is... (laughs) Not good. Not a great warrior. He is... (laughs) Not a great Jedi. He never asked for this. He's bad at it. He never had anyone to t- properly teach him. A weekend with Yoda was not enough. So Ray, who is virtually the same character, gets a pass from you. Ray is different. They oh, make a wow. bit. They make it. How? It, how is she different? The movies make it completely clear that her and Kylo are not Jedi. They're something completely new. That's the whole Space point. Orphan. Space orphan gets force powers. So, seeing that this isn't the Starfin cast, maybe we should yeah. save the rest of this for off. It's, <laughs> it's fine. Yep, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just cool down, guys. Everyone, everyone expects Luke to be a great teacher and a great warrior. He fails at that, too. It's completely in this his character. Guy, he has had enough. He, he wants, he's fired up now. It's cool. You know what? Um... You're wrong and just don't like it. It's not about being wrong. <laughs> it's well, about thanks, theming. guys, for listening. <laughs> we'll see you on the next Savage Fincast. Wow, wow. Womp, womp. <laughs>